All I know is this guy pretty much spoke for every. Well, oh, well, his anger did. His words maybe a little. No, he went to a dark. <laughs> right there, I'm with him. You're gonna find me dead. I'm gonna kill myself. Whoa. Don't ask me to do nothing. This is nothing. I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> took that to a very dark place. I, I I have a feeling that's his go-to. Thank God he lightened the mood right by just 60. trying to... He goes right to, I'm going to kill myself. Zero to And then uses that second. to leverage getting out of chores. Todd, we need you to walk the... Do- I'm going to kill myself! <laughs> All right, I'll do it. Just Don't ask me to walk the dog! <laughs> Take out the trash! Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. That's how I feel about the weather right now. I know. I'm just so over oh, it. Man, uh, here, here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. We'll see on and off snow showers today. There'll be a steady temperature in the low to mid 20s. Then tonight, maybe an evening snow shower. Otherwise cold. Seven for the low. Wind chill down near zero. Mostly cloudy. Couple of flurries Wednesday. High of 16. I'm Scott Harbon. Severe Weather Center 11. It's 28 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A bizarre story continues to unfold in California. Two parents are behind bars facing torture charges over accusations. They held their 13 children captive. The arrests were made after a 17-year-old reported she escaped from her home in Paris, California Sunday and claimed her 12 brothers and sisters were still being held by the parents. The Riverside County Sheriff's Office reports officers found some of the siblings shackled to their beds. All 13 victims were malnourished and filthy. They ranged in age from 2 to 29 and were all taken to the hospital. The parents are each being held on $9 million bail. An uptown pizza shop manager is in trouble for allegedly beating a woman in his restaurant. The woman claims she was drinking close to Pizza Milano uptown last Friday. She missed her bus, but she went into the shop to use the restroom. However, the owner says she was causing a disturbance and she was asked to leave, but things took a turn for the worse. Police say the manager, Mamet Yilmaz, was caught on video headbutting, choking, and slamming the wooden woman to the ground. The victim, Jane Jade Martin, is facing disorderly conduct counts the manager facing assault charges and according to the Post-Gazette, he's also been fired from the restaurant. Yeah, that's a crazy situation. Yeah. Did, yeah, I did s- you see that video? Uh, yeah. Man. A lot of According to the Post-Gazette, it's been viewed 800,000 times. <laughs> it's kind of been picked up by civil rights activists for obvious it's reasons, crazy. especially with yesterday being MLK Junior Day. Um, yeah, there was a protest outside the restaurant yesterday and um, Post Gazette said this morning he's been fired, so and he's facing charges. Hmm. It's fast, it's badass, and it pays tribute to the Mustang Steve McQueen drove in the 1968 movie Bullet. Ford has announced a limited edition 2019 Bullet Mustang. The special model rolls out this summer. It has a 5-liter V8 engine with 475 horses under the hood and tops out at 163 miles per hour. I don't know if Schultz Ford will let me drive that or not. (laughs) Uh, The third generation, like the original 68 Mustang Fastback, lacks stripes, spoilers, or badges. The chief designer of the new Mustang, Daryl Bemmer, says, quote, it doesn't need to scream anything. It's just cool. An Ohio man is in hot water after getting caught with a bunch of drugs stuffed where the sun don't shine. And I'm not saying Pittsburgh. Uh, Martin Sewell's troubles began in the middle of last week when officers in Youngstown say they pulled him over for a license plate violation. Local reports say things took a bizarre twist when they searched him and noticed 
an unusual lump they say, quote, was not consistent with the human anatomy, end quote. <laughs> WFMJ Radio in Youngstown reporting Sewell admitted he was hiding 76 pills, including Xanax and oxycodone, in his no-go Nether regions. place. 76 pills, I mean. That's a lot. Is that like two handfuls? Like if you cup your I hands mean, together? Yeah, that's two fistfuls. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't. I don't know how. May, are they like maybe they're as small as mini thins? Yeah, maybe they're big. Maybe they're tiny yeah, pills. How big is Xanax or an oxycodone? That's how big is bung? <laughs> Conan O'Brien <laughs> is taking his show to Haiti. The decision to film an episode of TBS's Conan comes after President Trump reportedly made those disparaging remarks about Haiti and other foreign nations. The late-night host tweeted he'd be headed to the island this week, saying, still reeling from President Trump's very negative Yelp review of Haiti, which means I love it. O'Brien has filmed episodes in several nations around the world in recent years, including Mexico, Israel, and Qatar. The 2018 NAACP Image Awards happened yesterday. The 49th annual ceremony took place on Martin Luther King Jr. Day at Pasadena Civic Auditorium in Pasadena, California. The awards honor people of color in literature and entertainment and people who use creative endeavors to promote social justice. Ava DuVernay, or DuVernay uh, was honored with Entertainer of the Year, while Tracy Ellis Ross walked away with Outstanding Actress in a Comedy Series for her role in Blackish. Girls Trip named Outstanding Motion Picture. Also, Joe Morton from Scandal won Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things. Mm. Uh, he got Outstanding Performance by a Youth. Artists Kendrick Lamar and Bruno Mars got three awards. Jordan Peele won Outstanding Directing in a Motion Picture for Get Out. Nice. Finally, the Cranberries lead singer. That's the um, I gotta watch that and Darkest Hour in the next two days before we have to vote for our Darkest Hour is the Winston Churchill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, I've. Oh, I haven't seen I Tonya yet either. Oh, don't even watch Darkest Hour till you watch Dark uh, I Tonya. Really? Yeah, I Tonya is the best. I, and it came out of nowhere. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know they were making the movie. And then I was like, oh, this is something. And then once the awards started like rattling up. Mm-hmm. Or, or whatever. Uh, the buzz. Started. I couldn't believe how much I liked that movie. Yeah, Just because I it. thought, I'm like, well, maybe I'll make it through a half hour of this. And then I was like, oh, this is awesome. Pursuit has said it's hilarious. It's so funny. It's <laughs> so funny. I would not expect that of, of her story. Right, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just the way they tell well, it. Well, to be fair, they Mike, take some Mike might be th- laughing at parts of the movie that aren't supposed to be funny. Um the I, mom is insane. Abusive. Yeah. And, ab- and, and it's abusive. And Jenny, yeah. So she's like very hardcore. I, I love her though. It's like she's like Billy Bob Thornton in Bad Santa if it was Allison Janney and she was a rink mom for Tanya Harding. Uh but they're the character that plays the security guard that was the mastermind of the whole plot. The big fat guy. Yeah. By the way, that's a show that never got off the boards on MTV, Rink Moms. Rink Moms. <laughs> that I thought deserved a little bit more space. You would think so. Yeah. So uh, the, the security guy is the mastermind of the plot, and the actor that plays him, they got some guy from the Groundlings, I guess. He's like, he's perfect. He does like a perfect job of being like the comic book guy who th- thinks he's trained in international espionage <laughs> the espionage you know and he's totally not 
But he, and this was a real life guy. He did that interview with Barbara Walters. Uh, his name's Sean Eckert. And he's like, my training is in international espionage. And they're like, no, it's not. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. That's what I'm good at. Went to school online. And the guy, this is, it's all because of this guy, basically. Uh, watch the movie. And the husband, I'm sure. Has, well, uh, he went along with it. Oh, okay. This, this, but everything. Well, this is a dramatized. Right. But the event, there's something that happens that, that initiates the attack on Nancy Kerrigan, which wasn't supposed to be an attack. There's something that happens, and th- that they're like, you know what? All right, we got to do something to her. And it's it's all this guy. This guy was just sitting at home with his parents in his basement. You know, 28 years old in Ohio, Cosby sweater wearing, gold mm. chain outside of the sweater kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dirty teenage mustache. Yeah. Dirty teenage mustache. Highly recommend it. Uh, I got through most of Dark Sour. I just, didn't do anything for it's you. just it reminds me of so many other movies mm-hmm. and it's like all you know very it's very proper english and just seems like this is designed to win an oscar didn't did you see that margot robbie brought tanya harding to the golden globes and mm-hmm. and it's sort of like she got a call out on stage from uh alice and janney yeah and it, it feels like it's 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 kind of like Marsha Clark, like whenever Sarah Paulson was nominated and won for her portrayal of her and the OJ stuff, like, uh, he, sorry we trashed you in the 90s for, I mean. Right. We didn't know. But there's She some, still was involved with the cover-up of a crime. Yes. Yes. At, at a bare minimum. Right, at the very least. She well, the claims- same with Marsha Clark. Like, she was involved in... Maybe the worst prosecution of a definitely guilty (laughs) person of all time. But, like, she wasn't the trash that everybody threw on her lawn. Right. Cranberry's lead singer Dolores O'Riordan is dead at the age of 46. According to the band's publicist, O'Riordan died suddenly in London where she was recording. No further details have been made available so far. The death remains unexplained. The Cranberries formed in Limerick, Ireland around uh, in the late 80s and became big stars in the 90s with hits like Zombie and Linger. O'Riordan, who was the band's main lyricist and song- co-songwriter, is survived by her ex-husband, former Duran Duran tour manager Don Burton, and their three children. Snow today, temperatures in the low 20s, dropping down to about 5 degrees overnight. High again tomorrow, only in the teens. It is 23 at DVE. Snowing like uh, a bear right now. I think the main roads are fine. Side roads pretty snow-covered, so just be careful until you get onto your uh, main route to work there this morning. Before you got in today, I I said to Bill, I feel like about the weather, the way that guy flipped out about the Steelers game yesterday. Oh, really? I am not. I'm. Don't even ask me to do the dishes. <laughs> I'm going to kill, kill myself. myself. If the bathroom here wasn't closed, you'd find me in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> this dude. Wait, right here. You're going to find me dead. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to be hanging from the bathroom. <laughs> Don't ask me to do nothing. This is nothing. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. I- I'm I'm worried about that guy. I think he really just didn't want to do the dishes.
I think that's think what, that's what yeah, this I whole thing was. About, yeah. A ploy to get out of doing the dishes. I think they're still there from breakfast. I think yeah. there's some egg caked on real. You they know, had a big brunch oh, before the game. Get out, Can't yeah. get the egg off, right? Yeah. If you don't do it right away. If you let it dry, yeah, yeah you're just yeah, screwed. Uh, so I conversely thought it was beautiful on the way in today. It was like, it's my kind of snow. Yeah, Winter wonderland. It's be high in the teens again tomorrow. What's it today? Mid-20s. So enjoy this. Yeah, well, it's like a heat wave. Are there delays this morning? Oh, yeah, there are. <laughs> so many delays. <laughs> oh, my God. But they're all like dance schools and, oh, no. no Serena's going to lose school it. Districts. Oh, yeah, tons She's of them. She's going to lose it. <laughs> There's two-hour delays all over the place. For Really? For this? I don't know. Uh, so uh, the whole town's pissed at the Steelers and the Pirates go... Hold my beer. And uh, now we all hate the Pirates, too. They uh, got rid of uh, Andrew McCutcheon yesterday. Now, it wasn't even so much that this wasn't... You could argue this to be a baseball move. You could. But it's not. And if you think the Pirates are bad now, this past year... With what, 75 wins? You're going to be longing for the days of 75 wins. What is their attendance going to be this year? I think that's, yeah, that's there the are slogan massive, for this year. There are massive walkouts planned for opening day. This is a bridge fire year. And by massive, I, I mean, I don't know. I saw it a couple times on the internet. <laughs> that's 12 people. So, I mean, that could be. And I feel bad for the other players because it yeah, isn't their too. fault. They're not making those decisions. They stunk, but though. they have to play in empty in an empty stadium. Our owner's just a cheap bastard. There's really no other way to put it. We'll hear from him later. Meanwhile, he's swimming in it. It's snowing. Seven Springs is packed. He's so happy. He's 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 turgid. Uh, later, I only heard turgid applied to one thing, and that's what he is right <laughs> now. Oh man, that's not good. Scott Paulson is pissed. So our friend Scott yeah. Paulson is going to call in at 8.15. I saw his Facebook picture. Yeah, he threw away his pirate hat. He's done. And I saw a million of those yesterday. Welp, you made an eight-year-old cry. Are you happy? Lots of that stuff. You never just go- traded away the face of the franchise, man. Because they didn't want to pay him. Yeah. There's really no reason. Now, look, he... I don't think he started off great last year, but he, had, he bounced back and had a great second half of the season last yeah, year. Yeah, he did. So, I don't know. Sean Casey will also talk about that 845. Billy Gardell, 9 a.m. this morning. Also, we'll hear from, as uh, I said, the uh, the owner, Bob Nutting, Jr., whatever. And uh, DVE Mario also checking in as all Steeler fans, Pirate fans, Pittsburgh sports fans turn their lonely eyes to the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's all coming up, plus 1000 bucks in workforce cash. Every hour, one of the most underrated songs of all time right here. You know, all four members of Queen had a number one hit. They wrote a number one hit. I can't remember who wrote this one. I think uh, I think it was Vanilla Ice. DBE.
Mike make it in? I know the weather was uh, frightful. I'm not sure if he uh, made it in yet or not. He is? All right, good deal. All right, we'll talk with Mike. The team, the Steelers yesterday, cleaned out their lockers. Oh, that sounds so bad, Ooh. doesn't it? It's tough to be a Pittsburgh sports fan right now, and some people uh, leaving pretty uh, upset yesterday. Some uh, calling for responsibility to be taken, and other people begging for a job, like Bud Dupree. He's like, I like it here. I'd love to come back. Can I please come back? <laughs> I don't know if he's going to. Mike will have the uh, lowdown when we come back. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta here with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And it has not exactly been a joyful couple of days for Steeler fans, <laughs> Pirates fans, Pittsburgh sports fans in general. Sports are brought to you by Stevenson Law Offices. Here's how sad things are. Uh, Neil Huntington quoted in the Post-Gazette today, regarding what the Pirates have done of late, which is trade Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon for a bunch of nobodies that you never heard of. And uh, the quote is actually believable. The Garrett Cole trade did not dramatically impact our potential to win the World Series this year. This trade does not dramatically impact our potential to win the World Series this year. Correct. It's a great way to say it. Correct. We never had a shot yeah. to begin with. So if you're not going to win, why not go cheap? <laughs> right. Because you rooms will keep coming anyway. Yeah. You'll come for the fireworks and your bobbleheads? I am, uh... Operation shutdown with these guys, huh? I'm, uh... I am efforting to not go to games, and uh, but I know I will, so I'm going to try to keep yeah. it under five. I think I'm going to go to Cleveland and uh, Detroit and Baltimore and some places like that. They play San Fran this year? I like Major League Baseball. Me too. I'll, I'll go back to, to Fenway. I just, I just like a team that I'm paying to see try to play Major League Baseball. Yeah, and he, on top of that, Mike, they try to say they're not in a rebuilding mode. Yeah. Well, they're just completely full of crap. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to dump yeah. all the stars, they don't even care dump who they all got. the stars. Should I even go over these guys? No. 
There's nobody worth talking yeah. about. <laughs> don't really feel like it. <laughs> so honestly, is there Kyle anybody Crick? other than Kyle Crick is a good, we could call him Kyle Turtle Crick. Other than that. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Uh, I, to Val's point, I, I'd hate to be uh, Cervelli or uh, one of the people left. Yeah, I feel bad for them. Um, <laughs> what are they thinking at this point? Because they were lied to. They've They're just thinking, been lied get me to. the F out of here. They're yeah. calling their agents as they speak. They've been lied to. What are you going to do? You know, Ignore it. I just feel bad. Pirate fans have bought into this because they love the team. And they've bought into this. We're rebuilding and we have a plan. And three uh, postseason births made them think. that They actually had a method of working around the big money thing right. is still going to work. But yeah. it turns out those were an anomaly, and yes. it actually enabled them to carry on the ruse even longer. Yeah. Uh, Part of me does think it's not as diabolical of a plot by nutting as it is complete incompetence or misunderstanding and thinking that they can't compete because of the way baseball wow. is. So I kind of think it's more diabolical, but you might be right. They might just they be might that just inept. Be stupid, yeah. Steelers cleaning out the lockers yesterday, at least a few of them. They had a team meeting. Uh, there was a media availability before that and a brief media availability after that, and not many guys chose to make themselves available. I can kind of understand why. Not a whole lot's changed since Sunday. Not a whole lot more. To say, although uh, I did get a chance to ask Dave DeCastro if he thought uh, the Steelers, as a general rule of thumb, keep their on keep their eye on the ball well enough. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we do. I think it's just the nature of the 21st century we live in, you know, with the, with the media and whatnot. And that's just part of it. And uh, I'm just type of, you know, obviously the guy that just likes to play football and not worry about the outside stuff and kind of keep it internalized, if you will. Right, it's a different age we live in, so it's I wasn't calling anyone out. I was just I was just saying that's just kind of how how I like to view things. You think anything that came to life before the Jacksonville game affected the Jacksonville game? Uh, they were hungry, that's for sure. They weren't happy about it, so I don't know. I'm sure uh, I don't want to make an excuse, you know, or give a reason. They're gonna, I'm sure they're going to play us hard regardless. You know, it's a playoff game. You always see that it's levels always amped up. So uh, it's one of those things where uh, they're ready to go. They play better than us. Yeah, not everybody thrilled with the. The Patriots talk that came to light. And uh, while Mike Mitchell uh, said that uh, he had said that stuff a month ago about we're gonna, we'll beat them in Haiti or beat them in hell, a veteran of his years has to know when you say something like that with the, pro, with the postseason either approaching or already at hand that it's going to be used. I don't care what the story's about. His defense was this was a story about Ryan Shazier, and that's what got quoted. If you say that, that's going to get quoted. Right. You know, because at the end of the day, this is about clicks, and that is the most click-worthy headline. Well, yeah, I could, the most newsworthy thing. Um, well, he didn't talk to the media yesterday. I didn't see Mitchell in there yesterday. No, that was a bad look. Yeah, it was. He needed because if to you're going to talk, you got to you got to right. face the Show music. Show your face. Yeah. Uh, Cam Hayward talked. Uh, he always does, and uh, while not thrilled with all the Patriots talk in advance of a game against Jacksonville, uh, Hayward wasn't going to pin the result on all that. Patriots talk in advance of a game against Jacksonville. I could care less about that. Um, that was not part of my game, my my game prep. Uh, you know, 
my, my worry was Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, if it was said, it was said, but that's not the reason why we lost. Um, you don't think I betrayed any no, kind of lack of focus? No, or? no. Um, if it was a lack of focus, that's that's piss poor on their part or on our part. But, you know, to get to that moment, you know, to get to a, a game of that stature, you have to win the first game, and we didn't do that. Like, this may be parsing through it a little bit too much, but, you know, I, I think the way I look at it is it's not as if that statement or those kinds of statements mean that specifically they're looking past the team. Like, when when he says Haiti or hell, hell we'll play him anywhere, um, that might not mean that he is only thinking about them and not preparing for the Jaguars, but it does denote a lack of, of focus that you didn't stop from saying that. I think a lot of those guys were thinking that. I think a lot of the Patriots were thinking about the Steelers. But yeah. see, but they don't say anything. And this is right. my whole point is you take a team like that, the Patriots have been to seven AFC championships in a row, and you model their behavior because there's something to learn from what they do. What do they do in the week leading up to playing you? They spray the perfume. Yeah. They're going to talk about how great the Jaguars' defense, how amazing Blake Bortles is, and then they're going to go out there on Sunday and kick their ass. The way that the Steelers are doing it is not working. At least it's not working as well as the Patriots are doing it. I'm Paint the fence. They spray the perfume. New England seems a little less free, free spirited, and uh, free talking and free thinking, and a little more buttoned down. Uh, maybe that's the way to go moving forward. I don't think that Patriots talk affected this game. I, th- I think it gives Jacksonville Sir- wep- weaponry to give you crap after Jacksonville wins. They can point to. You mean to tell me these guys weren't fired up to play the Steelers until they saw a tweet from Le'Veon Bell at 11 o'clock on no, Saturday No, I think night. too much is being made yeah. all that, too. Then, oh, okay. Now it's on, MF. No, know. I think they like rubbing that in and yeah. making them just, think that's part of you, it. You put yourself out on a ledge to look bad, and there's nothing you can say in your defense once you do look that bad. Right. Um, you look, free-spirited teams have won lots of championships. Yeah. Lots of championships. 85 Bears were not exactly... The most buttoned-down team. But if, was, you to, if you want to be treated like men and given the freedom to express yourself, you, you better deliver. Yep. And when you don't... Let me like, ha- Bell talked trash, but look at the game he had. Yeah. Let me ask you this. How does this affect Steeler fans' perception of James Harrison jumping ship? I think they still hate his guts. They still hate his guts? Yeah. Okay. But it's not, I mean, it's not going to be as bad because we don't have to face them. But going and seeing him win a ring is going to be tough. It's James Harrison against LeGarrette Blunt for the Super Bowl, live from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> College Hoops last night, number six, West Virginia lost to number 10, Kansas, 71-66 in Morgantown. Penn State loses to Minnesota, 95-84. Penn State was just talking trash about Northwestern before that Minnesota game and Screwed everything up. They look past them. That's what happened. How bad are the Pirates? What a bunch of bums. Honest to God, that organization. It's not even so much what they're getting rid of. I could understand if you were bringing something back to replace these guys with. Because McCutcheon's on the way down. He, you know, he's been the face of the franchise, but he's on. He's in decline. If you got superstars. And Garrett Cole is somewhere between 
number one starter and, and complete disappointment as a first overall pick. Now, we'll see which way his career goes from here. It's they not that you're giving away gold bars, but you got to get something better. They got this. no top prospects. Yeah. It's the fourth prospect from from the Giants. They gave away the guys that sell tickets for them yeah. and didn't get top prospects. Now, prospects aren't a sure thing. But you didn't even get hope out of this. No, you didn't. And it's it it, it feels like the the veneer is off now and they're just yeah, we're going cheap. We're not even going to try to sugarcoat this or make it look good. Hmm, it reminds me of something else. I, I can't really put my finger on what this brazen corporate robbery reminds me of. I don't know. Uh, Val, what do you got coming up top of the hour? We're going to talk about the correct way to pour a beer. This is important stuff. Yes. You might be doing it wrong. People screw this up all the time. Yeah. Uh, DVE Mario. And we'll hear from Bob Nutting Jr. <laughs> If I'm Art Rooney, I, I send I send uh, Bob Nutting a fruit basket. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for taking a, a the mind. heat off of now, us. If I'm Mike Mitchell, I'd do it. Yeah. He's in trouble. Mike Mitchell's, I don't know. Might, might not see him no more. Scott Paulson, 815, is going to tee off on the Buckos as well. It's coming up on the DVE Morning Show. Greg Warren is coming to town next week. He's going to hang out with us here live in studio, and then he'll be performing at Club Cafe on January 27th. There's two shows. I'm on those. You play, you're doing yeah, those? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I awesome. I talked to him last week, and I, I'm jumping on those shows, so I'm excited. So Bill Crawford with Greg Warren next Saturday, the 27th of January. Get your tickets now at clubcafelive.com. Here's Greg. I sold my car since I uh, saw you guys last time. Wow, you are a true New Yorker. I know, now. I know. Like uh, You pretty much don't need the car. In New York, right. you don't really, uh, you don't miss the car until you have to walk somewhere to purchase an item that you used to bring home in your car. <laughs> like I, I had to get an ironing board the other day. I didn't even think about it. I walk, I walk like fifteen blocks to this hardware store, and I'm about to pay for the ironing board, and I'm like, oh, oh no. Like I, 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 have to, I have to walk down Second Avenue, looking like a surfer who got some bad directions or something. And like, like I'm 45 at my age. What do I care what people think of me, really? Right. What do I, but I guess I still do because in my head I was thinking, as soon as I walk outside, it's gonna be like, nice ironing board, Nancy. Like yeah. I was just a, nobody said anything. No. Nobody even looked at me. That's the beauty of living in New York City. Yeah. If you think you're doing something weird, don't worry about it. There's somebody doing something way, way weirder <laughs> right next to me. It was arrogant of me to think that I was going to get noticed with just an ironing board. There's professional freaks in that town. There's probably a guy that walks around every day with an ironing board and an iron, and he actually irons stuff with no electricity, right? Uh, that's ironing board, Reggie. Give him a dollar. That's what he does. Get them wrinkles out, dog. Get them wrinkles out. The devil done put the wrinkles in. Reggie gone take them out. <laughs> Well, people Google all sorts of things, uh, including stuff about sex. What are the most Googled sex questions? Where is the G-spot? That's a big one. How to make a woman... What would they say? Do they tell you where you know, it is? Arrive. How do you what? Make a woman arrive. Arrive. How can you... Or I no. like how you p fling your hand out when you said it. Arrive. <laughs> You're here. Arrive. I like how uh, you said it like a GPS. 
arriving. <laughs> oh, that would be the worst if your partner did that. I'm arriving. I'm arriving. Or if you did it and she was like, no, no, I don't like this. Like, rerouting. Rerouting. No, no, don't go, don't go there. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's 7 o'clock at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. We'll see on and off snow showers today. There'll be a steady temperature in the low to mid-20s. Then tonight, maybe an evening snow shower. Otherwise cold. 7 for the low. Wind chill down near zero. Mostly cloudy. Couple of flurries Wednesday. High of 16. I'm Scott Harbon, Severe Weather Center 11. It's 27 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Olympic gymnast Simone Biles says she was also a victim of sexual abuse by former Team USA gymnastics doctor Larry Nasser. In a statement, the 20-year-old said she was reluctant to share her story, but she now knows it's not her fault. The four-time Olympic champion asked for privacy as she continues to work through the pain. Biles joins her Olympic teammates, Michaela Maroney, Ali Raisman, and Gabby Douglas, who have all come forward with accusations against Nasser. More than 100 girls have made similar allegations. Nasser will be sentenced on seven sexual assault charges this week as part of a plea agreement. He's already been sentenced to 60 years in federal court for possessing child pornography. The CDC is postponing today's planned briefing on nuclear war preparations, and that's to focus on a more immediate health threat, and that's the flu. Today's briefing for public health professionals will provide the latest information on how to reduce the spread of spiking flu cases. It will also offer advice on how to adjust a shortage of antiviral drugs, so I guess they'll find out how to prepare for nuclear war at some point in the future, (laughs) hopefully. I had a uh, 10-minute flu panic attack yesterday. You did? Yeah. What happened? I thought I was... somebody breathe on you? No, I thought I was getting it. You Uh sneezed? Here it goes. Okay. There's the headache. This is the beginning. This is it. Here we go. 48 hours of straight hell. Another 48. My sister's daughter has the flu. Oh, that poor thing. It's it's super dangerous for kids, especially because my my niece has asthma. Mm -hmm. And so they took her to Urgy Care over the weekend, and the doctor was more nervous for my sister because she's pregnant and she's pretty far along. She's like, if you get the flu, it's hospitalization time. Like they can't, you know, you can't screw around with this. Mm -hmm. There's so many different strains and there's nothing that they could really do for my niece. They were just like, just ride ride this out. Yeah, it's a scary time right now. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. Because everybody's trapped inside. So you're in close quarters. And if somebody is sick in your house, everybody's sick. Yeah, so you have to be really good about washing your hands every time you come in the house. Yeah. Um, don't clean your phone off too. Oh yeah, definitely clean your phone off. Make sure Wash you your get face. a ton of vitamin C. <laughs> don't touch your face. No, don't, that's t- it. don't touch your face. Don't touch- we got him dead, Pittsburgh all day, baby. <laughs> don't touch your face. But for real, you gotta be mindful of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Does- if you're sick, stay home. That's the other big thing. But this, but that's th- the tough thing because you're contagious before you actually know you have the flu. Right, and I think once it kicks in, you aren't going anywhere. No. There's no going to work and working through this. It's laying in bed wishing it was over, which it- is a uh, probably... You know, a metaphor for a lot of different things. Yeah, that's how I'm going to spend my weekend uh, instead of watching playoff football. That's like a pirate fan's existence. (laughs) 20-year slumber. Please let it be over. (laughs) 
If you have an opinion on the proposed modification to West Virginia's new Medical Cannabis Act, the state Supreme Court is giving you a month to express it. The change to Senate Bill 386 will allow lawyers to counsel a client regarding what they are precisely allowed to do under the new law. The Medical Marijuana Act is expected to go into effect next year for our neighbors in West Virginia. And for those who oppose medical marijuana... Don't know why you do, but according to a new study, states with legal medical marijuana have seen a drop in violent crime. Seems every time a state relaxes its marijuana laws, the violent Mexican drug cartels lose a bit of their power because farmers here in the U.S. can just grow and sell the stuff above board. Demand drops for illegal drugs that have to be smuggled across the border. The cartels get less business and less money, which reduces drug-related violence. Looks like this trend will continue as well as 30 states currently have laws which legalize marijuana in some form, and that number is expected to grow. I always wonder what what will the cartels do if drugs became legalized what would they manipulate would they go legit that's what i mean soaps no what do they do not soaps a line of hair care there's no <laughs> like what are where do they go b&b's molding clay right could they be would drug cartels give money surreptitiously to People squash, who want to squash the legalization yeah. of marijuana. I was thinking that same thing to politicians. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Because why wouldn't they? It's good for business. And those guys don't want to go get real jobs. Although I don't <laughs> think they. I don't think that's the next. They're not like now. I got to go to Walmart. I don't think they they no. would put that on their resume. I was in a cartel. I I ran distribution of a billion dollars worth of cocaine. My skills are intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> Murdering uh, Colombian neckties. I'm very proficient <laughs> so, doing those. Someone at Anheuser Busch has made it his life's mission to teach people how to drink beer, and he's now warning people that pouring beer wrong could give you a bellyache. Max Baker explains that when you pour beer slowly and carefully, the carbon dioxide gets trapped in the beer, and then all those bubbles go to your stomach, which makes you bloated. He says the carbon dioxide trapped in the beer can expand to more than two times the actual volume of the beer. So he says the trick is start with a tilted glass and pour quickly and vigorously, which will create a bunch of foam. But Traditionally, it was always you don't want foam, right? Mm-hmm. The foam ends up making the beer taste better, though, he says. And because the foam doesn't end up in your stomach, you feel better while having a few. And then wipe your greasy nose and... Stir that around right. to get rid of the foam. You'd, I think you want to, you know, a head on the beer is good, but, you know, the half foam, like, just let it sit there. It'll be good in a half hour. He says apparently that's good for you. Oh, well, this well, guy then, would know. All those uh, keg parties I went to back in the day were healthy. Uh, women are watching more porn. According to number crunchers at Pornhub, women are watching more dirty movies than ever. Out of 24.7 billion searches on Pornhub last year, the number one search was porn for women, a term that saw a 359% growth among female users between 2016 and 2017. Maybe it's guys trying to figure out how to get their lady to watch porn with them. Maybe. Or just guys so, watching it on their wife's computer. <laughs> 
Eric Clapton is confessing shame over racist remarks he's made in the past that he blames on being drunk or high. The guitarist took the opportunity to revisit his past during a Q&A session after a London screening of his new documentary, Eric Clapton, Life in 12 Bars. Clapton addressed the infamous racist outburst he unleashed during a 1976 concert in Birmingham, England, in which he warned Britain was becoming a quote-unquote black colony and said, quote-unquote, England is for white people. <laughs> Clapton now says he's ashamed of who In he was. In the white room with <laughs> white people. <laughs> he's noting that half his friends were black, he dated a black woman, and he championed black music. Uh, in a completely not racist way, I thought England was for white people, because I'm like, I didn't... The first time I saw a black guy with an English accent, I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was shocked. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I, I watched Darkest Hour. <laughs> like, this is the whitest place in, in the world. The Gary Oldman, uh, Winston Churchill movie that's up for all the awards right now. There's a scene where he takes the bus. He famously uh, took a, a train ride mm-hmm. to talk to the people of England. Mm-hmm. And there's like a black dude down there. I'm like, there what? There what? Come on. Was there? That's not historically accurate. There could have been uh, like a uh, you know huge population of black people. And then I was like, oh, you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, we're idiots. <laughs> because every other person in the movie is white. There are no black people in the whole movie. And then all of a sudden, it's like oh, the guy is on the train. So uh, Clapton's vision of a 1940s England in the 70s wasn't exactly received very well. That was a that was a famous incident that occurred. That he never really has lived down, but a lot of people don't know that he did it. And he was drunk and yelling about it. Yeah, he said it was a very, like, one of his lowest points in his addiction. I don't, I don't I'm know pretty if- sure there's a recording of it. If I'm not mistaken, there's a recording of it. Uh, the other one was Elvis Costello, uh, who I, when I interviewed him, I asked him about it. Because it was in his book. And that happened in Ohio. He got beat up over it. I can't remember who he was on tour with, but he was in, like... Akron or something like that and he got super drunk and for some reason went off on Ray Charles not to his face like they were listening to Ray Charles in a bar or something like that and made all these awful Was this on stage? No it was like At a bar. Yeah I want to say they were on tour with I don't know you know I want to Cypress Hill. For some reason the James Gang (laughs) comes to mind but that might be because of the Ohio Mm -hmm. thing but it was somebody like that and he ended up getting like in this huge fight about it and he was screaming about it and he's like I was drunk I didn't mean any of it and I what did he have to so say about weird. Ray Charles because I don't think I've ever been drunk and just started saying a bunch of racist <laughs> yeah. stuff like it's like the old your true personality comes out when you're right. drinking it's like That's I have I mean. a friend who every time he gets super drunk he starts like being very like saying things like he might like to have uh, you know uh, it hit from both sides of the plate. <laughs> really? Oh, you know him. So he's digging your scene. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but not to me. Oh, but he he's done it to, like tell them, and then oh, you're like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I can't conclude anything other than yeah. like deep down, you, you really want to do that. Much like I think deep down, Eric Clapton thinks England is for white people. Yeah, I mean, and that's what uh, that's what would happen when uh, Mel Gibson drank. I mean, Mel Gibson would get Super. drunk and just start dropping J bombs like he was the enemy in the Hebrew Hammer. So, you know, people are like, tequila makes me crazy. Tequila makes me dance. Uh, whiskey makes me loud. Uh, vodka makes me racist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Fame stuntman Joel Kramer is looking for a new agent after actress Elijah Dushku, Dushku accused him of sexually molesting her when she was a very young girl. Worldwide production agency announced Sunday it's dropping Kramer over the alleged assault. Dushku said in a Facebook post over the weekend that Kramer sexually molested her in his hotel room during filming of the 1994 movie True Lies. He was 36 at the time. She was 12. She played the daughter of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis's characters in the movie. Snow today, low 20s for the high, dropping to 7 degrees overnight. Tomorrow's high only going to be in the teens. It's 27 at DVE. Well, a little later on this morning, Sean Casey will be joining us to talk about the demise of the Buckos. Scott Paulson at 8.15 with a fan's response. He threw his Pirates hat in the garbage yesterday. I was feeling that. And the Pittsburgh Pirates have traded away two of their biggest stars and fan favorites, Garrett Cole and now Andrew McCutcheon. Unbelievable. Here to discuss what happened, team owner, <laughs> Bob Nutting. Good morning, Pirate uh, fan. Yeah, well, plenty of great skiing available right now at Seven Springs. 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 Seven Springs. Mr. Nutting. Last year, you only won 75 games. Sidebar, that's way more than the Penguins won, and you threw them a parade. It's still under 500. Under 500 what? And now, after another losing season, (laughs) you've traded away two of your biggest stars. Wrong. (laughs) Fake news. (laughs) Potato Pete and Toby the intern that checks to make sure my zipper is up before I leave the office are still on the payroll. (laughs) I'm talking about McCutcheon and Cole. Is that a detective show? No, your star outfielder and pitcher, you traded them away for a bunch of prospects that nobody's heard of. Well, once upon a time, nobody had heard of a fella by the name of Toby the Intern, and now I literally am afraid to leave the office without him giving me the okay sign. You've made a fortune on empty promises and outright lies concerning this baseball team. Not true. I also made a fortune on scamming skiers into skiing on white cornflakes. The taxpayers of this town paid for your stadium. Only most of it. And you continue to swindle your fan base by constantly asserting that the organization isn't profitable despite all evidence to the contrary. Objection! He's leading the witness, Your Honor. We're not in court. I rest my canes. Case! Case! I rest my case. That was fun. We could probably write for that show, Cutchin' Cole. Is, let me ask you this. Is Jay Hay next? Jay who? Jay Hay. Jay he? Jay ha? Jay Hodis? What Jay Hodum? What, what, no. what are you doing? I thought we were conjugating Latin. You know how to speak Latin? Well, when you hire as many Latin players as I do, it comes in handy. <laughs> you, you, you may say this is about building for the future, but don't be surprised if the fans make you pay for trading Kutch and Cole. Lanny, if they could make me pay, we'd be a contender every year. <laughs> do you realize how angry your fans are? In all seriousness, Lanny, I want to thank Andy McCullen and Gary Cohn for being wonderful assets, <laughs> and I will always remember them fondly for their ability to make people think this team had a chance to win and helping to make me very wealthy. Very sincere of you. Plenty of good skiing at Seven Springs. See you on the slopes. Slopes. <laughs> no, I think they're pretty fast. Right now. I'm digging it.
Yeah? Yeah. Just for you? or No. I, I think they were included in the soundtrack for I, Tonya. And I think that mm. I, I've started to see Supertramp popping up all over the place. Plus, I think the hipster kids have uh, somehow have glommed onto <sighs> Supertramp. Look, Breakfast in America is an unbelievable yeah. album. And, uh, you know, as was pointed out by many people, there's a lot of different instrumentation there for that band. For a rock and roll band, got harmonica and clarinet and saxophone and Roger Hodgson's yeah, sky-high vocals and... <laughs> Little Wurlitzer, uh, the logical song, which is exactly what the pirates are not. Although that is <laughs> a great sort of uh, much in the realm of Tom Lair's "Who's Next" and Randy Newman's "Political Science." Kind of a look at where we were headed politically at that point in time, and eh, pretty good. They had it figured out pretty good there. Um, the the Buckos have completely disappointed everyone once again and again if they would have got something in return if it would have been a legitimate build for the future right number one prospects <sighs> across the board but uh it's not that and uh they're still picking up some of kutch's salary and dumping him for players that aren't at the top of the prospect list from from the giants uh i know that these moves happen a lot of the time in the offseason but when it when it does like when you trade away such marquee players in the offseason it kind of feels as a fan like you're doing it behind our back like you ha you're, you're you're buying time to figure out how to spin it because if the if the team is playing every night you know maybe a player is struggling and the the coach and everybody can address it they're they're in the middle of a season right but this just it feels shady Every year. It's not anything to look forward to. It's like, who are they going to dump this year? They said. They say. He said. He said. They got good, just as good of a chance to win the World Series now as they did before. And uh, that is a real good way of saying, we were going to stink with Kutch and, and <laughs> Cole. So why, just, why not just stink without him? Why pay them to stink when we don't have to pay them and we can still stink? like the old Ralph Kiner negotiation <laughs> when they were in last place. I don't remember who was it. Branch Rickey was the president of the Pirates then saying something to the effect of, we're in last place with you. We can be in last place without you. You don't have a strong negotiating point here. Uh, Mike will come in and fill you in on all the details. And, you know, just it's all crappy news because the Steelers, of course, cleaning out their lockers and they had a lot to say. Mike was there for that. Uh, Mike Mitchell didn't talk yesterday, which I thought was a really bad move because he may not come back to Pittsburgh. You'll hear from Big Al Villanueva when we come back. And now we all get excited for Penguins hockey to carry us through <laughs> to the spring. And we'll talk with DVE Mario about that as we all turn our sole focus to the Penguins here going forward. Sports coming up next. Scott Paulson rails on the Buckos at 8.15. Sean Casey breaks down what happened at 8.45. And Billy Gardell will be joining us at 9 o'clock here on Everything. DVE Sports. Uh, before we get to sports, big concert announcement for you this morning. Uh, you, you know Donnie Iris' 75th birthday coming up. Yep. First two performances, February 3rd, and uh, then the encore performance, February 10th, which is going to be the King Cool album in its entirety. They have both sold out. So they've added a third performance to celebrate Donnie Iris' 75th birthday. It's going to be at the Palace Theater on Saturday, March 10th. 
All shows will include some surprises, some special guests, guest speakers. Uh, Mayor Bill Peduto will be at the February 3rd show. Uh, so the Donnie and the Iris, uh, Donnie Iris and the Cruisers 75th birthday three-peat show. Tickets will go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster Outlets, Ticketmaster.com, and at the Palace Theater box office. Good deal. All right. Thanks for that update and big news for Donnie there. Yeah. Huge news. That's crazy. He'll pack it again. Yeah. Just a 75-year-old dude rocking out for three straight shows. <laughs> at the He'll probably Palace add another one. Mike uh, Pursuit here with sports, and there's no joy in Mudville. The Pirates have added to, to uh, Pittsburgh sports fans' misery over the Steelers' loss Sunday against Jacksonville at home. We'll start there. Unceremoniously. <laughs> there was no ceremony. No. I'm not wrong. It was unceremonious. Dumped. Andrew McCutcheon traded to San Francisco. Pirates get rid of nine years' worth of service that included 1,346 games. 814 runs, 1,463 hits, 203 homers, 725 RBIs, 171 stolen bases, a career 291 average, and one MVP award. Gone. Got Kyle Crick and Brian Reynolds in return. They're also paying some of McCutcheon's salary. Shrewd. Good thing we're shoring up the back end of the bullpen, huh? Prior to that, the uh, Pirates traded starting pitcher Garrett Cole, so they'll probably need uh, plenty of relievers. Getting back uh, right-handed reliever Michael Feliz, minor league outfielder Jason Martin, AAA third baseman Colin Moran, and starting pitcher Joe Musgrove. The Pirates, Pirates have now purged 2015, not that long ago. That was that was when the Pirates won ninety eight games, and they were maybe the best team in baseball. Maybe they it's won two seasons. They have now purged the uh, top six starting pitchers from that team, the top three relievers from that team in terms of number of times that they were used, and four of the eight position players. I'm not sure exactly how they're trying to justify this as a baseball move. I'm, they really believe they're in better shape to win? Well, they're not worse, according to Neil Huntington. Because they were going to be the worst with them. They they don't have less of a chance to win the World just, Series. Oh, the way they phrased it. This once proud franchise. Oh, man. This guy has hoodwinked and bamboozled this city for so long. I don't know why I used the... Uh, I went right to the Malcolm X phrase there, but... Maybe because you're going to see a lot of... <laughs> I didn't land on Plymouth Rock, Randall. No. no. Plymouth Rock landed on Myth. Why? I don't know. Well, the, I, the guy makes money. Did I go to the games, you think? Has there been a more hated owner in the history of Pittsburgh no. sports? Well, uh, Howard Baldwin. Art Rooney was ridiculed for a long time. Yeah, but he wasn't... Until the Immaculate Reception. I mean, the Steelers were a joke for mm-hmm. a long time. But wasn't he considered like the lovable loser? After he became a winner. There's nothing lovable about a loser who's just a loser. All right, but that was their first <laughs> taste of winning, right? Steelers? Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, and then it kept going. Yes. That's the point. Is once they figured no it out, they kept back. going. These guys made the postseason three times and seemed determined to strip everything down once again to bring them to rock yeah. bottom. 
because somehow rock bottom is more profitable. They got a producer's That's type crazy. of mentality going on right now. Yeah, spend I mean, money, make money. And I'm not. Opposed to the idea of getting rid of Cole or McCutcheon, but get something back that's, that's major league. the issue, Mike. Yeah. I don't think anybody who's a baseball guy doesn't understand the business. McCutcheon isn't Clemente, and Cole's not Steve Blass. But, but they're worth more. Yes, somebody's got to do what they did. And, you know, like Slack was in here earlier kind of laughing about it, being a lifelong Reds fan, a yeah. baseball fan in oh, general. Oh, he must just, just be beside himself this no, week. No, but, like, he, you know, he pointed out, like, what is their plan? They have Cervelli signed. They're, they're moving the team to Florida? Forever. They got $20 million over the next two years for They Cervelli. brought in a reliever. They, you know, the tennis they falls Rivera below for 700000 They can get out of the lease. What, what good is the bullpen guy going to do you on this team? Nothing's going... Nothing's going to join the uh, Palm Beach Yacht and Polo Club. Just doesn't make sense. And I, I'm just sad for all the kids who were crying about it yesterday and all that stuff. And you can't even explain it away with, uh, yeah. well, we got some really good players, and he knew this was part of it, and you're going to really like this no, you're not. new kid. You know, these, guys, these guys won't even make the squad. <laughs> Mackey had a tweet comparing the Penguins' trades of the last few years to what the Buccos have done with their big names. You know, who you got for Skidari and how you were able to get Kessel into town and Hornquist for Neal and stuff like that, you know. Well, people that made big impacts upon arrival for you dish a good player and you get somebody who can help you elsewhere. Theoretically, that should wait until after these guys get a chance because nobody was banging the Trevor Daly drum. Right when they brought him, that that worked out, but they didn't know that at, at the time. Like this, he's gonna he's gonna help yeah. us win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's that's but it, comparing apples and oranges. Okay, it doesn't make this it doesn't make this any better. No, I see. I I get your point. Yeah, but Mike, how can you be excited about this? You can't. You can't at all. I, you know what? There's a thing called uh, the extra innings package. If you have Directv, you can watch any game you want. And we got Major League Baseball within driving distance. That's my, that's what I got for you. A lot of people on social media were talking about boycotting the opener. Yeah. I mean, you don't have the... to. You don't have to take this if if it's not what you want. One of the reasons they're doing this is they think you're still going to come because of fireworks and bobbleheads and and, and habit and bridge views. Uncle Fred's in town and he moved right. LA thirty years ago. And remember when we were little kids and Dad used to no, take it. it. Takes, well, this is, those effort. are strong lures. I. I succumb to that often. But this is what pisses the fans off so much, Mike, is that you know opening day is a tradition for a lot of families. Yeah. I know a family where a guy's been going to every home opener for 50-plus years, and they do this. Well, I would say go down, party around the stadium, and watch it at a bar. Don't go in, yeah. I don't know. It's just It seems uh, painfully obvious they're just tearing it down and, and throwing a bare-bones product out there. Uh, f- and, and flat out lying about trying why. to spend as little money as they possibly can and earn as much as they possibly yeah. can. And this being America, it's their right to sell that kind right. of product. You, but you don't have to buy it. Right. You don't have to buy it. That's the point. But if you're not going to buy it, you can't just work out the opener and then buy your 20 game. Plan. Right. Oh, no, I agree. You got to flush it. People have to not go. And that's, uh, hey, uh, how do you tell a pirate fan, don't go support your team? It's tough. You know, this guy's not leaving. He's not selling the team. It's a cash yeah. cow. Then again, 
if you keep beating your head into a wall, eventually you're going to get tired of the headache, aren't you? We'll see. Scott Paulson is going to be on at 8.15. He threw his Pirates gear in the garbage yesterday. I saw that. It looked like a nice pirate hat, too. I know. I was kind of going to... Really I nice wanted one. to be like, just mail it to me. Modify your Pirates gear. We should, you know, we should come out with our own line of stuff that looks like pirate stuff that says F-nutting. You know? So it looks like you're wearing a pirate's hat. But closer inspection will reveal. Right. It's a shame. It's, it's about a million miles from the pirates I grew up with. Yeah, this guy's a charlatan. There, there's no doubt. He fooled everyone into thinking that they had figured it out three years ago or five years ago. This is the new yeah. us now. We've get, got to figure it out. We're a small yeah, we market got, team, but we, we're going to be scrappy. We can and make it work. And, and all of a sudden, Nutting is buying, or, or not Nutting, uh, Huntington seems to have fully ingested the Kool-Aid and on board with it, where at one time I thought he might have been a force for good for us. Now he's yeah. his job is to do what he's told from the guy who won't give him yeah, enough he's money. Just, he's just following orders. Mm-hmm. He's not one of the real bad Germans, but he's part of the problem. <laughs> I don't think you'd appreciate that <laughs> that comparison, but it's it's. Man, I forgot a chuckle out of you. My work is done today. Uh, there you go. That's funny. By the way, what did you mean when you said I probably laughed at the wrong parts of I I told you? Uh, yeah, what parts? When she was like uh, saying all that awful stuff to her daughter. Like it's suppo- it was not supposed to be. No, funny. it was supposed to denote <laughs> abuse. Oh. And I, I figured you felt, would find that hilarious. I did. You got yeah. me there. <laughs> I thought the whole movie was pretty terrible. Right? No, it, lots of it's supposed to be horribly. I sad. thought when they were beating the crap out of each other, it was pretty funny. No, yeah, it's not. It's not supposed to be. They actually did. It in your defense, in I Tanya, they they made a lot of those domestic abuse scenes. Have like a comedic bend. They did, and it, I wouldn't laugh it, at that in real life. But no, it, I didn't know it was but a movie. They break the fourth wall, and she'd be talking while this guy's throwing her off walls, and he's going, and she looks at the camera, and she's like, "Can you believe I have to put up with this crap?" And it looks like she's fighting back and stuff, and it kind of does give it a little bit of a it. It puts a pin in the seriousness of of that situation. So, in your Mike, defense, you got to see Precious, hilarious movie. <laughs> it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. What the hell is precious? Never man. mind. It's, Go it's, Google it's, it. It's, don't Google nothing. <laughs> do, you want do, have, do you want to do a little uh, Al yeah. on the other side of the break? No. Um, or do we have something? No, we got time, I think, to do Al right now. Let me see. Yeah, hit both of those. Okay. Um, Al Villanueva talking yesterday in the Steelers locker room was clean up. Wait, you know what? I'm wrong. Let's hear from Al Villanueva when I come back, and then DV Mario is going to join us after that. Okay. Good deal. No, you were right. Uh, Scott Paulson, 815. Sean Casey, 845. Billy Gardell, 9 o'clock. After 8 o'clock, your chance at 1000 bucks and work. Hey, we weren't sure if Cam was going to give us a shout today, but we should have known better than uh, to think Cam would shirk uh, his, uh, his weekly call-in. Cam Hayward, ladies and gentlemen. Cam, let me just say, <laughs> hell of a season by you, and uh, thanks for always being the, uh, the, the team leader that the fans needed to hear from all season long. Oh, well, thank you guys for always having you know, it's a pleasure to be on, and, um, you know, I know it didn't end up the way we wanted it, but, uh, you know, uh, I was happy with a lot of the guys and, you know, my teammates, uh, my coaches, and, you know, we just have to get better. 
there was so much made, uh, particularly by the Jags, about the locker room bulletin board material. Do you put any credence into any of that? Honestly, no. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to play football. Um, you know, if you're not motivated by then, uh, you know, shame on you. You know, I thought we came with a good game plan, uh, but we did not execute as a defense. Um, but, uh, you know, you tip your hat to them. Um, they came ready to play, and, um, you know, they just executed better. What do you think is the biggest challenge uh, turning the page from 217 looking ahead to 2018, Kim? Um, I think the biggest challenge is going to be it's going to be a different team, uh, and there's going to be, you know, different things that await us. Um, this isn't going to be the same team. Um, it's not going to be the same problems in, in 2018 as they were in 2017. It just doesn't work that way, uh, you know. To go 13-3 is going to be tougher, um, you know, but, you know, those are the things we're going to have to overcome. Uh, you know, we have to be ready for it. Um, and, you know, it, you just have to understand that um, guys get older, some guys leave, some guys, um, you know, get traded, some guys um, go other places. That's part of the business. And so, you know, every, everybody's just uh, – it's hard to say what's going to arise in 2018. Cam, will you uh, will you hate watch the rest of the postseason, or are you going to take a little bit of a break from football? Um, <laughs> man, I can't watch football. Uh, you know, it's hard to break when we're not there. And, um, you know, these next couple weeks, I, uh, it's going to be hard to even focus because uh, you know I love my team and thought we should be there and. Uh, it's going to be hard to see somebody else raise that little Marty. Uh, Cam, uh, we're having trouble like we have in the past where it's going in and out. Are you uh, are you in your bug-out shelter right now? Is there a way to No, no. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you pretty good. Okay. Sorry, you... I, had my, I had my arm around it. I don't know if uh, the reception was stopping it. but uh, Yeah, you had, <laughs> you had a bear hug on the uh, reception, I think. <laughs> so, Sorry. Let me, uh, do you think... Uh, you said things are going to change next year. We were discussing the fact that there are different, you know, uh, personalities to teams. You know, the '85 Bears were a lot different than, uh, you know, the way Belichick the runs a team. Yeah, 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 right. Mm-hmm. There, there, there are different ways to do it, and Coach Tomlin has certainly let his players have personalities, ha- you know, and, and be. You know, uh, free spirited, free spirited outside of the locker room, and you know, and now with social media, it allows people to really sort of seem like they're thinking about a whole lot of things, not just football. Does that change going forward? Do you think that Mike Tomlin will always let players have their own personality during the season? You know, I think everybody's always going to have their own personality. You know, the '85 Bears had a Super Bowl song. Like, right? Know, we don't. <laughs> there was, there was, there's character in every team. It's just shown in different ways. Um, you don't know what they would have done if they had social media now. So, um, you know, you have to. Uh, in this game, you know, everybody has a different personality. Not everybody can be a robot. Uh, you have to let players play, um, but you have to be smart about it. Um, 
we dealt with a lot this year, not just, you know, uh, you know, I know a lot of stuff came from our mouths, but, um, you know, who could have expected to deal with the national anthem thing? You know, nobody thought that. that no one even thought that was going to be, you know, uh, part of, you know, NFL football. Um, but, you know, those are things that have evolved and changed that are in our culture today. Um, you know, but uh, we have to, uh, you know, be open-minded, but we also have to learn from these experiences. So, you know, you just expect guys to grow in that, that aspect and to understand that, um, you know, just because it was done once doesn't mean it has to be done again. So 2018, um, you know, you look for guys to, you know, if they, if they hold back on Twitter a little bit more, so be it. Or, you know, if they just let their play do the talking, so be it. So maybe, uh, well, let me ask you this uh, without trying to assume anything. What's your opinion of the Steelers' attention to detail and uh, accountability among teammates? Uh, you know, I think the accountability is there. Um, it's just about, you know, are you talking on the field or off the field? Oh, wherever you'd like to go with that. Uh, <laughs> I probably was referencing more off the field and, and how guys are acting as opposed to how guys are playing. You know, I think off the field, uh, in that regard, you have to, you know, um, the accountability is always going to be a big factor. Um, you know, we had a strong team that, you know, bypassed a lot of that. Um, you know, and we have to continue to grow. You know, that's part of maturing as a person as well. So, you know, um, the accountability was always there. Uh, you know, whether... You know, it was after what happened, you know, and, you know, dealing with the repercussions. But, you know, I think we have to, you know, uh, just continue to grow. You know, this team, uh, as well as it did, there are so many aspects we can continue to grow. Offense, defense, special teams, and, um, you know, there's just got to be one agenda. And, you know, the distractions weren't, you know, you know, overwhelming to our team. It didn't, you know, cause us. But, you know, what if, who's to say what happens if we, you know, just can't throw them all out? Coach Tomlin said he called for that onside kick with over two minutes left, two timeouts, because he didn't trust the defense to stop him. How bad mm-hmm. that did that? I had to piss you off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was pretty hurt by that, um, you know, but. You know, uh, uh, I take a lot of responsibility in that. And, you know, the fact that he didn't trust the defense to get off the field, um, you know, hurt. Uh, you know, we, we Do you agree with field. it? You know, you have to. Um, you know, as much as I want to bite my tongue and say that, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we had, we, uh, get off the field, I, I still thought we could have. Um, but it's not my decision, and I'm going to roll with every decision calls. Um, we just, uh, you know, then the onside and then, you know, us touching the ball really put us in a dilemma. You know, it, it, it just wasn't um, advantageous, but, uh, you know, you ride with the call when it was called. Cam Hayward uh, with us here. He's joined us all year long on the DV Morning Show, 
And uh, I just want to say thanks again for all you always called. I mean, there you know a lot of times when you do these regular calls, eh, you you make eighty percent of them, ninety percent of them, but you made a point to always call in. Like you never miss this. It speaks to his character. Uh, just not character, but you know, um, you know, you guys asked for me this year, and you know, I always wanted to be available to you guys. Um, you know, sometimes I don't want to talk, but uh, you know, you guys are. You know, honest with me, and you know, I just want to treat you guys with the same respect you guys treat me with. You, you gotta. Well, you certainly done that, man, and we can't thank you enough. And I know Steeler fans are hurting right now, but I'm guessing you've also heard from a lot of them and felt a lot of love. <laughs> uh, I had to stay off of social media for a while. So. <laughs> All right, just <laughs> stay off, stay off social media. Yeah. But I mean, the love is coming. The love, the love will be call. coming. It just, it just give us, give us time to mourn, and then the love, then the love. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, I'll just say this. For my social media, if you've already sent one, you know, tweet or Instagram out or direct message about the game and you think I didn't play well, leave it at that. You know, <laughs> just one, just take one, one shot. One. One. He's a entire thread telling me you know, how bad I am. Trust me, I'm dealing with that my damn self. <laughs> take a number. <laughs> Have your order ready to go. Lodge your complaint. Move on. And, uh, right. well, they're all coming back next year. And uh, I'll just say one thing real quick, real quick. Um, you know, I know it's not – I know it hurts right now, Steelers fans, um, you know, but just know these players care too much, and it eats them up inside that we didn't make it. Um, you know, I see people burning terrible towels and stuff. You know, these, these guys put their heart and souls into this. And, you know, um, I'm not just speaking for myself, but these guys truly care. And, you know, you know, when one guy goes down, you know, we all feel it. And, you know, when we lose as a team, uh, we barricade ourselves um, because we we feel like we let the city down. Um, you know, it, it we understand there's a lot of pressure and a lot of things that, you know, everybody holds the Steelers at a high account. Just know that these guys really do care about you guys, um, you know, and they want to succeed for you because, um, you know, it's a long off season and guys are, you know, going to be eating themselves up about this. Well, we're looking forward to uh, to seeing what you can get going next year, and uh, we're, you know, we're sick like you guys are right now, but OTAs are weeks away. Uh, hey, look, that's why. <laughs> You know, fans got a lot invested in it, and you know it's not easy. They just don't award these things, right? You know, oh yeah. But I'm with Cam. I'm with Cam in that you know sometimes the fans just because of their you know their fanaticism they lose perspective and and don't understand how much work the players put into this. Like they wouldn't want this more than anyone else. You know, it's like yeah, we were invested emotionally, but these guys, these players, are invested emotionally, physically, mentally, for the better part of the year, right, Cam? I mean, this is this is everything for you guys. Yeah, you know, you know the workouts, the sacrifices you make for your family. um, You know, everybody thinks you're just picking up a paycheck. Trust me, this isn't this isn't that town. Um, You know, you can go two hours away and go to a town like that. When you when you come here, you you dedicate your life to this. You know, um, I, I like to think right now I'm I'm back on daddy duty because you know I have I haven't had a chance to be a real dad for a while, um, and you know it, it, 
my mom was talking to me. She was like, how are you going to be able to defrag now? How are you going to be able to, you know, uh, you know, separate football from your family again? Um, and I'm like, I, I got to be more of a dad again. You know, I got to be more involved. Uh, and, and it's not just me. All these guys do it. You know, you'd be surprised how much um, these guys, you know, sacrifice their time, their you know, their bodies. Um, you know, you look at a guy like um, Tyler Matukavich, who, you know, half a season he was playing with one shoulder. You know, it's, 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 it's crazy um, the sacrifices that amount um, throughout the season. But, you know, in a sport like that, uh, when you win, uh, you're, you're able to celebrate it when you lose. Um, you, you, you just think, what do I have to do to get back? Because, you know, you're willing to make those sacrifices again. Cam, in that, in that vein, does Ryan Shazier's injury now all of a sudden that you're out of the, uh, the season and the, and the mindset of week to week and the next opponent, does that hit home even a little bit more right now? Are you processing it a little bit differently now that the season's over? Yeah. Um, you know, I talked to Ryan a little bit, and, you know, Ryan's still uh, fighting right now. Uh, I know he had set goals of where he wanted to be in the upcoming weeks. And, you know, I told guys, you know, as this as we approach next season, don't forget about Ryan. Um, you know, because Ryan, Ryan's still going to need us. And he's still going to be battling uphill. Um, you know, you know, the fight continues for him. And um, you have to understand this, uh, there's no – immoral in football every everybody has their day where um you know you get called up and you're not able to play anymore so you know we don't know what hold what cards hold for ryan um but we're going to be there for ryan you know it doesn't stop um you know it doesn't stop because the season's over with um ryan's going to continue to get better uh and you know I, i i just think he's a he's a miracle where he's at now and, you know, I just think he's going to continue to be blessed. We're hoping enough for the best there as well. All the best to you in this off season, and uh, looking forward to next year. Thanks for being the guy that we know you to be, and uh, we're pissed. But, you know, at least we're not the Pirates, right? At least you guys didn't just trade away your two best players. Or... Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe it. You know, I saw it, uh, you know, and I saw the – I saw a tweet that said, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost worst, worst, worst everything that ever happened in Pittsburgh. They said, Pirates hold my beer. Yeah. Trey Garrett Cole and, you know, McCutcheon. I, I just, uh, I, I love those two guys because, you know, they were Pittsburgh raised guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, and um, I wish them the best in their endeavors. It's just, uh, you know, this every team's going to be different, but uh, it's hard to see some of you know, your heroes uh, in, in the city of Pittsburgh go away. Well, don't you ever do that. I, I don't plan on it, but, you know, uh, hopefully I don't ever. Bob Nutting might figure out a way to get you out of town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hope he doesn't have that ability. Cam Hayward, <laughs> thanks, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Go be a daddy. We'll talk to you soon. Cam Hayward, who is just the best. The greatest. All, right, all, so- the, all the work he does with Hayward House, all the stuff he does for cancer. We never talk about that he's, either. He's he, amazing, man. He does so much work for the community. Uh, an upstanding guy, and I hope, like heck, that we get him back next year to do that weekly segment because that was fantastic every week.
Especially after we got the phone thing figured out. Well, yeah, that figure. Once he stopped hugging it. Once his, his He's probably squeezing everything an- a little too hard right now in his life. You know his what I mean? Enormous mitt is like, oh, I should have got the I should have got that iPad sized phone. Uh all right, Scott Paulson is just as mad as every other pirate fan, and he's gonna join us at eight fifteen to lament what has become of the battle in Buckos. And Val has news next. Yeah, Paps Blue Ribbon has a way to improve your next ski trip. Because I don't think I've ever been drunk and just started saying a bunch of racist <laughs> yeah. stuff. It's Definitely. like I have a friend who every time he gets super drunk, he starts like being very like saying things like he might like to have uh, hit from both sides of the plate. <laughs> really? Oh, you know him. So he's digging your scene. I don't know, <laughs> but not to me. Oh. but he he's done it to like tell them, and then oh, you're oh, like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I mean, I can't conclude anything other than yeah. like deep down, yeah, you really want to do that. Much like I think deep down, Eric Clapton thinks England is for white people. You know, people are like, tequila makes me crazy. Tequila makes me dance. Uh, whiskey makes me loud. Uh, vodka makes me racist. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, Clapton apologizing for his uh, racist phase. <laughs> <laughs> what? We've all had that uh, phase. Know, that know, racist phase. Where you're just racist all the time. In the white room with white people. No one else. Yeah, well, it's slow hand. He's, you know, he's getting up there and uh, he's losing his hearing and I think he's uh, making amends, you know. I mean, he did move to Columbus, Ohio, that, you know. What does that mean? He's not Gives plenty anymore? of time for reflection. Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah, there's nothing there. to do. Yeah. Just walking around the Easton Mall <laughs> like God, I shouldn't have said all that stuff. Uh thanks to Cam, Cam Hayward for calling in. We weren't sure he was going to call Stand in. Stand up guy. We did not plan for him Cam to call in. Cam is the today, greatest. So. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Seriously, man, he's such a good person. So pissed he's not playing Sunday. I know. Hell of a season for him though. Career high, 12 sacks. All pro. And like Collier said yesterday, it's distasteful to even talk about, you know, Ryan Shazier not being on that team anymore because of what he's going through, but boy, oh boy. That defense with Ryan Chazier was pretty flipping good. Mm-hmm. And, and and without him, subsequently. Yeah, you can't compensate for that, you know? Nope. Uh, and he was a real leader, too. And so continued uh, well wishes and hoping for the best for uh, for, for 5-0 and uh, always keep him in your prayers. And, uh, you know, he's got a long, hard battle ahead of him. And li- I like how Cam told his teammates, like, don't forget about him just because yeah. you're not here. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Val's got news uh, for you right now. What's going on there? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. We'll see on and off snow showers today. There'll be a steady temperature in the low to mid-20s. Then tonight, maybe an evening snow shower. Otherwise cold. Seven for the low. Wind chill down near zero. Mostly cloudy. Couple of flurries Wednesday. High of 16. I'm Scott Harbon. Severe Weather Center 11. It's 27 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. North Korean media is continuing its attacks on President Trump. A state newspaper said today Trump's recent boast of having a bigger nuclear button than North Korean leader Kim Jong-un was the, quote, spasm of a lunatic, end quote. Trump's Twitter declaration came earlier this month after Kim said he keeps a nuclear button on his desk at all times. 
Former White House Chief Strategist Steve Bannon is scheduled to appear before the House Intelligence Committee today as part of the committee's investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. Bannon's closed-door interview is expected to focus on his work with the campaign, not his time in the West Wing. And White House Communications Director Hope Hicks also uh, set to sit down before the committee uh, that'll be this week as well, and she'll likely be pressed about whether she knows any uh, of any contacts between Trump associates and Russians. Something tells me that not long into that closed-door meeting with Steve Bannon, someone's going to ask for the door to get open. Like, just crack it a little bit, please. Oh. A, it's a smell. Oh. I think it's the two shirts. We air out the room a little bit. I think it's bit. the rotting flesh. Oh, Jeez. I think it's the boils on his neck. It smells like someone threw a pork loin in the garbage last week. <laughs> no river traffic will use the Ohio River near Emsworth Lock and Dam for a while. After several barges broke loose over the weekend, officials with the Army Corps of Engineers say several of those broken free barges are just jammed right up against the dam, and for the time being, they'll stay that way. Officials add, fortunately, it doesn't appear the dam sustained any damage despite five barges going over. Did you see any of the pictures of Crazy. That? Just, uh-uh. Yeah, it's crazy. Just this ice piled up and the barges all, like, jammed together. Yeah. It's, it, it up lo- against the dam. It looks like it could just break free yeah. and all hell would break loose. The Beatles' animated film Yellow Submarine is headed back to theaters for the 50th anniversary of the film's original release. Yesterday's announcement only mentioned the U.K. and Ireland for a July 8th showing in glorious surround sound and stunningly remastered 4K. The film was originally released July 18th, 1968, and had its world premiere in London's Piccadilly Circus the night before with all four Beatles in attendance. The theatrical release likely means the remastered title will also be released on DVD and Blu-ray. Ray. And finally, Aerosmith frontman Steven Tyler is announcing the inaugural Janie's Fund Gala Night will take place January 28th at Red Studios in Hollywood. The singer launched the charity in 2015 dedicated to providing protection and counseling for young female victims of abuse. The gala event will be co-hosted by Alice Cooper, Elton John, Joe Walsh, and others. Named after Aerosmith's 1989 hit, Janie's Got a Gun, Janie's House was established last year in Atlanta to offer shelter for victims of abuse and neglect. Snow today, temperatures only in the low 20s, 7 degrees overnight tonight, high tomorrow only in the teens again. We're at 27 at DVE. The Pittsburgh Pirates have unceremoniously disposed of Andrew McCutcheon and Garrett Cole, two of the biggest stars on their struggling franchise here to talk about that. A disgusted Pittsburgh Pirates fan, (laughs) Scott Paulson. You are Uh, a disgusted fan, are you not, Scott? Oh, God, I am. I, you know, when they told me that they weren't going to sign Dinesh Patel and Rinku Singh for one more year, (laughs) I just couldn't put up with any more. Um... Rinku and Dinesh were your, that was your breaking point. That was my my breaking point. No, my breaking point, if there is such a thing, I'm 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 pretty cut and dry about the whole thing. I'm not going to pretend to be a general manager. I'm not going to pretend to know what I'm talking about when it comes to owning a baseball club. I'm not going to criticize those guys, although they deserve it. I'm not going to do it because I don't really know their jobs. Here's the job I know: I know how to be a fan. I'm good at it. I've been a fan for five decades. To, you know, I've, been a, I've loved baseball for a long time. I'm really good at being a fan. And here's all you have to do to make me a fan is give me something to watch. You have a, not you, Randy, mm, right. but you, the Pirates. 
you have eliminated your product. How? Why? What? What were you thinking? What was your? What is your thinking behind this? To to take Tom Hanks out of a movie <laughs> and replace him with you know some arty guy who was doing public theater. What are you doing? It's yeah. like it makes no sense to me whatsoever. So that I'm pretty cut and dry about it. If you give me something to watch, I'll go watch it. Or I'll watch it on TV or I'll listen to it on the radio, which I've been doing for years. It doesn't... But if you don't give me anything to watch, what is the point? Right. And, and that so that angered me. So that's why I threw my hat in the trash and, you know... Yeah, Scott threw his hat in the trash. Subversive leadership. But, um... But the thing that, that compounded this, and, and the thing that really got me wound up in the hour that followed were the three tweets that the Pittsburgh Pirates then tweeted out about how wonderful Andrew McCutcheon is and what he brought to the community and how we're all going to miss him and this and that. And it's like, bullshit, I'm calling you on this because you just fired him. You're not allowed to give him a parade. You fired him. So when you do that, I throw my hat in the trash. I'm done. Yeah. Done. You know, and and it's not that I'm not a baseball fan. It's not that I'm not, I won't go to the games. I'm not going to boycott them. It's nothing like that. It, there's still, you know, there's still a, a source of entertainment, just like movies or just like uh, going to see a band or anything else. I'm going to spend my fifty bucks and go see something, go have a good night out. I'll still go to the ball games, but I'm not going to actively root for a team that has no interest in the fan base, and they don't. You took a you took a 98 win team and dismantled it within three years. For no reason other than you didn't want to pay. And it's like, if you don't have the money to play, then don't sit down and ask for cards. You can't do that. <laughs> you you make people angry that way, just like me. You make them throw their hat in the trash. Doesn't Major you know, League Baseball have to step in at some point? Like, people were joking around about that with, with the Browns. But don't they have to say, hey, you're not fielding a competitive team here. You are taking advantage of the structure of the league because your team is going to be profitable no matter who you throw out there. But by doing this, you're dishonoring the spirit of what how the system was set up, which was admittedly to favor the big market teams. But the windfall you get from their broadcasting rights which you voted for as a small market team. Don't forget, Kevin McClatchy voted for that. You're now taking advantage of that. That is not in the spirit of it. There should be some sort of ratio of necessary investment in your team relative to revenue. That's all true. And it is a good argument until you look at the fact that they were successful. They were very successful. Made the playoffs three seasons in a row, and like I said, had a 98-win team. So that's their argument against it. It's like, well, he's doing what he's doing, but he was successful at it. They were successful at it, and they were. And I, I, like I said, I'm not going to argue what, what the decisions the ownership made or the decisions that the general manager makes or even the field manager. I'm not going to argue it. I'm a fan. I don't understand that. I might think I do, but I don't. I don't know anything about what goes on behind closed doors. But the fact that you had a team that was a step away from a World Series and you managed to, to, to just throw that away by not – signing a check tells me everything I need to know. Yeah, you are competitive up to a point, but you, for whether it's your decision to, to do so or your hands are tied because you simply don't have enough money, you will not put the money forward to not only go out and find players better than Dinesh Patel <laughs> or better than the, the, the drunk you got from, from South Korea. Mm-hmm. The, the reason that you're not sitting in the World Series today is because you failed to keep the ballplayers that were on your roster. And that aside, 
that decision aside, let's go back to the main thing that, that's got me wound up, and that's Andrew McCutcheon. How often do you think you are going to get a ball player? Well, let me rephrase that. Have you ever had a ball player in your organization? And I'm not talking about just nutting. I'm talking about the entire history of the Pirates. Have you ever had a ball player that had all of the aspects of Andrew McCutcheon in one package, and not just on the field. You've had plenty of ball players that were better than him on the field. I will give you that. Not not a dozen, but you've certainly mm-hmm. had some. But then to be able to be able to put this guy in a public spotlight in any situation, never having once had to worry about what was going to come out of his mouth, how he was going to act, how people were going to react to him. He was a company man through and through, and a, a great guy. Mm-hmm. Now, how often does that happen? Once. He named his kid right Steel. He named his one. kid Steel. Right. So you, so if you can't name another one, you have to keep – your only decision about Andrew McCutcheon should have been, where are you going to put the statue? That's your only decision in the next 10 years, hmm. not what I'm going to get in return. And then to misplay that into a midline, back-of-the-rotation bullpen pitcher and – a prospect, and you're paying $2.5 million on top of that. You've mismanaged that. But like I said before, maybe I don't know the whole story, so I'm not going to really criticize them on their mismanagement. The only thing I can criticize them on is as a fan, I have no reason to go and see you. Now, if they ended up now, first of all, when it comes to the statues, I think the only time Nutting is considering that is actually putting them in the field so he could save money on the training table. <laughs> But but as it pertains to McCutcheon, baseball fans would have understood if this was a trade that involved getting top prospects in return in key positions. If this was the Giants felt they needed McCutcheon to fill a slot that was going to get them to the next step and they were willing to give up guys that could immediately help the Pirates get better. Which they did last week when they got Evan Longoria. The Giants gave up everything they had last week when they were week four left when they got the third baseman, which was the same kind of deal. A guy on the backside of his career, a guy that's great. Maybe not as much on the backside of his career as Kutch, but at any rate, that's arguable among baseball fans. But they already gave up their stuff. There was nothing to get. Last year when they were talking to the Yankees, and even this year with Garrett Cole, when they're talking to Houston, they're talking about top prospects. They didn't get either of those deals done. But once again, that's a thing where maybe I don't know all the ins and outs of this. But what really angers me is you can't fire somebody and take away my reason for going to a ball game. Well, you can, but I dislike it when you do. And then turn around and praise them on social media and talk hmm. about how what a shame it is that he's leaving. Yeah, it is a shame. You know whose fault that is? It's your fault. All you had to do was not come up with any extra money, just pay the money already guaranteed him. It's not like you're coming up with another $25 million to keep him here another season. You already signed a piece of paper saying that you would pay him for this season. So did you then, when you signed that long-term deal, did you think to yourself, well, he's not going to be here the last year. This doesn't mean anything. I'm not going to pay this $17 million. It doesn't mean anything. Well, then what kind of a person are you? Scott, in retrospect, do you you think that making the postseason for the Pirates was Bob Nutting's worst nightmare? Because the the worst thing as an owner who doesn't want to spend money that you can have is a fan base with expectations. 
So does he? Did he think in 2013? Oh no! Yeah. They think we're going to compete every year. It's like Trump actually getting elected. Well, I think that I think that fans have a tendency to think that if you win a World Series, then the team makes more money, and it doesn't work that way. If you're already packing the ball club, I mean ballpark, and you've already got a TV deal signed, you're not going to make any more money. There's no there's no way to make any other money. So. Yeah, you'll make some more money because you make playoff games and you have home games and World Series games and have home games. But if you're world champions, it doesn't mean anything to the bottom line other than the fact that every player is going to want more money. So that end of it, I'm sure he – I don't know anything about the guy, so I can't get into <laughs> his head. But fan expectations, your plan – once again, I'm speaking to, to the Pirates management. Your plan that you put into action worked. It worked. You got them to the playoffs. You got – caliber ball players to play here for a couple of seasons you weren't able to follow through on it that's where the problem was with the management of the pirates they weren't able to follow through on the fact that they had this really good ball club put together and let it all go away and replaced it with nothing so now the fan base who sat for through two decades of this is looking at this like me and saying you know what i don't have two decades left on the planet much less do i have two decades left of sitting around watching this i can't do it i can't go through that again so you know i'm i'm done i'm done i'm gonna have to find somebody else i got i get the major league baseball package and and pick another team because this one is going to be a lot of guys from the minor leagues who are trying to prove themselves. And who knows? You know, you may have Austin Meadows come up here and just knock it out of the ballpark and be a great ball player that we all fall in love with. And then another five years, we'll be wearing his jersey. And I understand that's how it works. It's a natural cycle. But you had it in your hands and let it slip through your fingers. That's the thing. And the, and the second thing that bothers me, like I said once again, is you can't praise this guy at this point. You are not allowed to do that. You allowed him. You didn't allow him. You pushed him out the door is what you did. I was going to say you allowed him to leave, but he didn't even want to leave. You pushed him out no. the door. Now you can't go, oh, well, he was the greatest. Wasn't he great? Those were great years. Oh, mm-hmm. shut up. You hear about all the people who are saying, <laughs> my kid is crying. He doesn't understand this. Well, that, that happens a lot in, in Major League Baseball. And usually in those situations, the ownership understands the responsibility they have to explain why the eight-year-old kids are crying, why the diehard fans are not going to be able to root for their favorite player, the guy that made them come to the ballpark all the time. And they have to explain and mount the case that this is making us better in the long run. They spectacularly failed. It was a hilarious uh, excuse from nutting that somehow this was, hey, we were going to stink with him, so now we don't have to pay him and we're still going to stink. We're better off that way. That was essentially his explanation. And if that is his explanation, then you back that up with saying, and oh, by the way, ticket prices are going to be $5 this year. Right. Because everybody makes out because we all made money. No, that isn't how it works. Well, you know, everybody knows that. We all know it. you're in it for a buck. And if you're not, well, you're a pretty bad businessman. So I can't argue with his decisions. I can't because I don't know his situation. All I know is I'm a fan, and now I've got really no reason to come to the ballpark. None. Uh, that guy, and I don't want to praise him too much because he's an above average and, and in a couple of seasons was a great ball player on the field. But the reason that you keep people like this is they are a representation of your city. And there are very few of those that come along. And this guy was everything that we could ask for. As a Pittsburgher, he's everything that I wanted. 
He was a perfect. I could put him. He's like Mario Lemieux. I could put him in any situation, put him up on the podium, and say go. And he would represent my city the way that I wanted to be represented. That's how good a ball player he was. That's what how good a guy he is. So why on earth would you, when you've already budgeted the money, allow that to walk out of your life for the next season? So you got him for one season. At the end of this season, or when we get into the playoffs and you want to deal him then to a team that, that needs a, a playoff caliber player, then you deal him for a midline bullpen pitcher and a prospect. What are you doing in, in January of the season before? Keep him for one more season so people can see him and let him do his farewell tour. Make it known that, you know, hey, we're not going to probably not going to resign this guy after this. Instead, you played it this way and you went through the back door and, and you look sneaky and you look stupid. So, it makes me angry, and I'm like, eh, you know what? I'll find something else to do with my time. Scott Paulson echoing the sentiments of pirate fans everywhere this morning on DVE. Scott, always a pleasure. Hey, Thanks for joining us today. Always good to make people happy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. I'll happy see you New soon. Year. Thank happy, you. Yeah, man, same <laughs> to happy you. Happy New Year, Scott. All right, we'll yeah. talk to you soon. See you. <laughs> <sighs> John Casey coming up this half hour. Billy Gardell next hour. It's the DVE Morning Show. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Let's talk a little Steelers who had uh, locker clean out there yesterday, such that it was not many players available, but Alejandro Villanueva, one of them, he made himself available to the media, had a few things to say on the way out after that dispiriting 45-42 loss to Jacksonville. Most of the Steelers not ready for it to end just yet, but end it has. Al Villanueva asked if one of the factors in it ending early was the public commenting on the Patriots before the fact, uh, the fanning of the flames in in the Jaguars' faces, Uh, Mike Mitchell, Le'Veon Bell talking about New England, even Mike Tomlin weeks before talking about New England when the Steelers were getting ready to play Green Bay, Villanueva, not surprisingly, said uh, he'd prefer that not be the way things are, but he understands why they end up that way sometimes. I mean, I think you guys know me. I don't have social media. You know, I'm always uh, a player that's trying to humbly respect the opponent every single time uh, because I don't think giving any incentive to to Tom Brady or to the Jaguars defense or whoever that we're playing, uh, is going to help you win games, but um, I also respect, you know, my teammates' approach to the game. And if, if, if overconfidence is something that um, they feel that it helps them win the games, then then I respect it. At the end of the day, I will say that anything that's said before or after doesn't really affect the game. You know, it's when you, when you put your helmet on and you're on the field, uh, you're trying to do the, your play. You're trying to execute the play to the best of your ability. You know, the things that are said before and after really don't have anything to say. I mean, for, for you guys, obviously, it gives you guys a lot to talk about, but at the end of the day, it's X's and O's and players executing plays. Well, that, you know, that's a salient point right there is that let's say that all the, uh, you know, bulletin board material that the Steelers provide the Jags doesn't have any effect, practically no effect which on think, the game. Which I don't think it does. Okay. What it does is open you up to criticism after the fact yes, that does. that – that can really cause a rift with the team. Make you look stupid. Make you look stupid. You got to answer for that, and then maybe and some, Mike Mitchell didn't even show up to talk yesterday. Maybe some guys don't like looking stupid, and they want to have a little something to say to the guys who are responsible for that. Uh, here's Villanueva talking about whether the Steelers have the talent to be a championship team. I feel like I have really good players, uh, for sure. Um, 
you know, maybe maybe it's not just talent, you know, was going to get you to the championship, and um, and maybe we need to find that out. But again, I'm not a I'm not a head coach either. I've never won a Super Bowl. I don't know what it takes to win a Super Bowl. What else might it be? I mean, if if, if if I knew the answer, I would not be here. I would be upstairs, you know. I'd be a coach, and I'd be giving my Tuesday, you know, press conferences to you guys. Um, I think that maybe you can look around the NFL and um, and see what what traits are winning Super Bowls, and and then you know maybe that's the winning formula. But um, you know, at the end of the day, you also have to understand that we did uh, put a lot of effort into the season. Uh, we did execute and win won a lot of games when uh, you know maybe we we. We shouldn't have, you know, a lot of lucky plays, field goals and whatnot. Look around the league, see what wins. What's winning Super Bowls? What won the last one? The Patriots way, right? What's going to win this one? The Do they have to kind of button up and shut up and New New Englandify the operation a little bit? Less slappy and more eye on the ball? I think you can have people who are brand central before they're team central. They're on. They're worried about their own brand. I think you can have that on the team. I think you can have an AB. I think you can have a Lev Bell. It's tough to have a lot of those kind of guys on the team and contend with it and still have, yeah. have that sense of cohesion. And I think you need somebody riding herd over all of it to step up when it's time to put that stuff completely away and yeah. put the team first. Hey. Eight days out of ten, you're doing what you do. Today, you're doing this because right. we need you doing this. We need everybody to step on this one. And you heard DeCastro blast those guys for that. And you know Villanueva, being a military guy, would prefer that everybody just shut the hell up and obey yes. orders. Yeah. He that- was speaking in code there a, a, uh, a he went, bunch. He went right up to the cliff, didn't he? Yeah. Um, here's one more from Villanueva on uh, the Steelers' culture and the Steelers' climate. I, I, I enjoy it. I mean, I, I have... A very good position coach and, and Coach Munchak. I, uh, I spent a lot of time, um, you know, listening to him and make, making sure that I'm ready to play every single game. I like the culture. I like the Rooney's. I like the, uh, I like you know. Obviously, I love the head coach. You know, I have a lot of respect for Coach Tomlin. Uh, the way he, you know, he goes about his business and and and, and, and what a great person he is and, and what a great leader. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of things, you know, players involved, you know, players inclusive that that I mean, we have to change to. To take our game to the next level and be be the dominant team that doesn't, um, you know, doesn't lose a game at home in the playoffs. I love the coach, but there's a lot of things that have to change. It's a mouthful right there. Yeah. Well, I think Todd Haley's gone. Ben now reportedly Post Gazette saying Ben's going to stick around. He wants to play three more years, which likely means Todd Haley is gone. That might be why you heard the. I think that's why you heard him quickly confirm that he was coming back next year. Yeah, with such glee because he knows he's that Haley's not. Do you think they go out and get a new new OC? You know, or or do you think they promote Randy Feigner? I think they go get one, but that's just Malarkey's available. Would he want to step down to OC again? Come back to Pittsburgh? No, I thought he was staying in Tennessee. He got fired. Oh, did it when? Yeah, they said about twelve hours after they gave him a contract extension. Yeah, Hmm. mutually agreed upon. I wonder what that cost. Did they give him an extension or did they just give him the bid of confidence? I think they agreed to it. I don't know that he signed it, but yeah. So, all right, Haley's gone. Is it, you know, Feekner go outside of the organization? That's going to change. Defensively, Keith Butler keep his job? 
I think anything's on the table right now. I really don't know what Tomlin's thinking on any of this. I don't know what Art Rooney II's thinking on this. I don't know what Colbert's thinking about this. I know this much. If I was in a position of influence, i got to make some significant change in the operation. I cannot look at this as, okay, well, the first year you made it back to the playoffs after a little bit of an absence. Then you won one round. Then you won two games and got to the AFC Championship game. Now you took a major step back with a better team, and there are questions from the players as to whether everybody's in lockstep. Uh, there's enough wrong that I think you got to try to shake it up a little bit. I don't think you just reform and hit them again with the exact same group, uh, you know, around the given comings and goings of contractual situations of right. players. I I, I got to I got to try to approach it a different way next year than I've been approaching it the last three or four because it it stopped working the way it had been working. It's no longer just oh this guy got hurt that guy got hurt. Not good enough right now. Sean Not Casey joins us next. Sean Casey talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates running Andrew McCutcheon out of town. Billy Gardell after that and a shot at a thousand bucks in workforce cash. Bi. It's the DV morning show. Our buddy. Sean Casey from MLB Network joining us right now. Case, what's up, man? Case. How are you? What's going on out there? You got the Steeler loss or trade McCutcheon. You got mayhem in Pittsburgh right now. No, it's, yeah, everybody's lining up at the bridge. First of all, uh, from a baseball perspective, Case, uh, is there any good that came of this for the Pirates? Uh, well, you know, I, I, listen. Anytime you treat a guy like Andrew McCutcheon, you know, there's a lot of emotion there. He's one of the greatest pirates ever. Go look at his stats. I mean, you talk about McCutcheon in the nine years he was there, the MVP, the, the run they made, 13, 14, 15. You know, you're, you're talking Pop Stars, or you're talking Ralph Kiner, you're, you know, you're talking legend, you know, Mazeroski. When you talk about McCutcheon, you just traded, I think you traded a Pittsburgh legend. You know, and that, that's, that, that initially is going to hurt. But at the end of the day, he was going to, you know, he's going to walk after this year, you know, and I, I think I think the biggest thing is, you know, they they felt like they wanted to get a couple guys in return and get something for him. I mean, Kyle Crick, the guy, one guy they got is a big power arm out of the bullpen. You know, he's going to throw 97, 98 miles an hour, sometimes hit triple digits, and, uh, you know, um, and, and has some control problems sometimes, but but I think Ray Sears has been a master with, with those guys. And then the other guy, Brian Reynolds, um, who was the Giants' number four prospect, you know, who, who was uh, uh, is, is a pretty decent player. I believe he went to Vanderbilt. You know, he's a gap-to-gap hitter. He's a switch hitter. You know, has some potential. And the guys that they got in the cold trade, Musgrove goes right into the rotation. He's a mid to upper nineties guy with some good stuff. Um, Colin Moran is a, is a you know could have been the number one pick a few years ago when when Correa was that he was one of the best college hitters out there and he's going to slide right into third base. Had a really nice year last year at AAA. That Feliz guy is going to probably go out and then the bullpen is another another power arm. So they got some major league ready guys in these two trades. It, obviously they're not household names because McCutcheon and Cole are two of the best players in the game. But the Pirates felt like they weren't going to win you know this season. Sean, three years ago they had a 98 win team. Hmm. And they've now gotten rid of the top six pitchers in terms of most starts, the top three pitchers in terms of most games used out of the bullpen, and four of the eight guys that comprise the starting lineup. How the hell does that happen in three years? Yeah, Mike, you're right. Uh, you know, I think that's I think that's what sometimes I think people get frustrated in Pittsburgh with you know just the way you know guys come in and, and rotate through the system and and you know if you talk to the Pirates they're going to say that they're a mid level you know team that that has to do that because they can't afford the big time payroll and all that stuff and they have to develop within make trades 
you know, kind of do it that way. And, and unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast in this business, I guess. I mean, you know, they, they weren't going to sign McCutcheon to a big deal just because they, they felt like they couldn't afford it. But I think they I – th- I do think, though, like they could afford some more free agents every now and then. You know, I think they were always looking for the good deals deals out there. And, you know, I do think there's there's a way to somehow, you know, sign more guys than they do. Case, how do the people who are still in that locker room feel about this? Like, how do these guys go out there right now and think, like, you know, if you got traded to the Pirates, you're probably not real psyched, number one. (laughs) And the guys who are still there right now have to be thinking, like, boy, even if we get good, they're going to rip us apart. Right. Well, you know what? I th- I think Randy, that's that's the frustrating part about the business. Yeah, I think mean, I do think though. Like I really do. Like Cool's got a power arm. Tyone's you know coming into his own. Musgrove slides in that rotation. Nova, you know, Glass now if he comes, you got some. I mean, they obviously have stockpiled some power pitching in that rotation. You know, Brault there coming up from AAA. You know, he he, he had a really really nice year. Um, you know, so they're. And, and Rivera, who they just signed for a four-year deal at the back end of the pen, they, they have some pieces. I don't think they're going to be as bad as you think. As you think, if that rotation really comes of comes of age, um, but yeah, it's definitely frustrating when you're when you when you're on a team that trades your best pitcher and your and your best position player. You know, I think I think you get frustrated with that. But they they did get a little bit in return. A little bit was it good enough? Could they have done like, a lot better? Rand- but Colin Moran, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, what if Colin Moran becomes a, you know, an all-star third baseman, you know, in, in the future? What if Musgrove becomes a big part of that rotation, you know, where he has the stuff to do it? So, you know, we won't know him for, for a year or two. Will any of them name their kids Steel, though? Because Cuts <laughs> just did that. Like Cuts did? I don't know. Probably not. They're not going to be legendary. They're not going to have their numbers retired by uh, the Pirates like <laughs> Cuts did. Oh, it's just it's, it's a it's a rough one. It's so frustrating right now. Yeah, this just feels like there's nothing you can believe in, and the explanation wasn't good. You just explained it ten times better than Bob Nutting was able to. <laughs> I'm serious. You did. You did, and you didn't say this did not dramatically impact the ability to win the World Series. Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> Every time he says World Series, you ought to get hit with a tire iron. Well, maybe the, something softer. Well, that might be emotions, just a, I, I, I must think emotions are. I mean, obviously, I left town right after the, the steel loss. So I think emotions are very, very high right uh, now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you go to the game? Were you there Sunday? No, I wasn't there, but I was I was watching at the house, and, and my buddy Justin almost, you know, he was r- running around screaming as loud as I could. I was like, dude, we have neighbors. You can't keep yelling the F word. Yeah. yeah, but the, your the neighbors, neighbors were, were all yelling, yelling it, too. too. <laughs> they couldn't hear it over the F words they were screaming, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's the other thing with this, oh. the, the just bad timing. Uh, you know, uh, Great timing if you're in the Steelers front office. Yeah. You're like, thank you, Pirates. Right, yeah, thanks for getting rid of a legend two days after we blew it to the Jacksonville Jaguars. To the Jaguars. <laughs> Jaguars. So are you going to bounce around do uh, a lot of spring trainings in a month, or what's your deal? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going down, like, I think uh, the beginning of March. I don't know who I'm doing yet, but I'm going out to Arizona for, like, five days to cover some teams. So oh. I'll be uh, jumping around, and maybe I'll get down to Florida at some point, check out the Buccos, see, what see how they look. Uh, did I see your boy <laughs> Millar, uh, like, knee-deep in water at a <laughs> pro-am? Yeah, those guys were playing in this Diamond Resorts Pro-Am, and Millar, you know, the, uh, 
Smoltz, Millard, DeRosa, a bunch of guys from the MLB Network were down there. And, uh, yeah, Millard got in. It was like the uh, it was like tin cup. He, he, he should have just played it safe. He's like, I'm going for it, right? And he sets up on the ball, and he hits it in the you know, lip of the water, and it goes 20 feet into the water, 20 feet in front of it. Like, well, that's a bad idea. It looks like your round's over. Yeah, well, I mean, there are <laughs> gators in the water down there. I know. It's a bad idea just to be around there. I used to live in Florida, and that's they'll, they'll, they'll come after you, too. Yeah, I, yeah, you got to do the serpentine to, to dodge them, you know? You got to <laughs> run and back and forth, yeah. Zigzag. Um, well, hopefully uh, uh, your your explanation of what just uh, went down with Talk the Pirates the was a little reassuring for fans who were ready to throw everything away, but uh, I'm, ah, I'm still super pissed, yeah. Well, you got to be super pissed, but they're, they're, they definitely got some players back in that trade that, that I think will, will have an impact in the big league, big league club this year. Are these guys they can move at the deadline this year? Because God forbid they get good and they have to pay them. No, good. Well, they're, they're, these are guys they have control of. That's the whole point. These are guys they'll have control of for at least you know most of the guys five years, five six years. Yeah. Then you get rid of them. Then you get rid of them, or you get rid of them when their value is really high in four years. Oh, Do you think the Giants are set up to make a run this year? Well, good. I mean, they just picked up Longoria. You know, yeah. they're, they're really going for it because they got McCutcheon, who's 31. They got Longo's in his 30s. You know, Pence is obviously some of the deals they have, but they still got a great team with Posey and Crawford and Panic Belt. You know, that really, the bottom line was the Giants weren't good last year because Bumgarner got hurt, like, dirt biking or whatever he was doing, and he missed, like, three months. <laughs> that was a huge blow to that team. So I think that, you know, McCutcheon's going to a great situation out there in San Francisco. Those guys have a chance to win right now. And you got to play for the Giants to be able to afford to live in San Francisco, so it works out well for Andrew McCutcheon. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's, it's expensive to live out there. A little different than Pittsburgh. Uh, but it is awesome though. What a park! The games I mean, are like Steeler games. They are, yeah. They have yeah. intense baseball fans. I agree. Oh, oh, it's the best. It's the best. You know what? Those fa- those fans are crazy out They'll there. Like it, those though. fans are crazy. And he can have another kid and name it Bay. <laughs> Maybe if he has a great career out there. How? How what? Alcatraz. This is my this is my daughter uh, sourdough. <laughs> hey man, thanks Case. We appreciate it. Sean Casey from MLB Network. We'll be seeing you soon. All right, fellas. Great um, talking to you guys. Oh, I'll see you soon. As always, thanks, man. Sean Casey. It's always fun right. to see him on the MLB Network too. Okay. Breaking right. it down. Okay. All right. Maybe you know. Uh, I'm Did st- honestly make me feel a little bit better. Wow. Yeah, but I'm still not. I'm yeah. not, I'm not letting him off the hook. No, I'm with Paulson. Screw them. Billy Gardell. He'll be in a great mood. He, <laughs> he came to Pennsylvania. Talk to Billy Gardell. I'm sure he's not emotional at all. Came to Pennsylvania, froze his ass off up in Erie in a blizzard and did comedy for two nights, drove down here and watched the Steelers lose to the Jaguars and then flew back to L.A. At least his towel record's still intact. That psychopath did a matinee on Saturday so he could not do a show on Sunday to come here for the game. (laughs) Are you serious? I swear to God. So he did a Saturday afternoon show? Oh, yeah. Four o'clock. That's psychopath. (laughs) Billy is the greatest. Billy's up next. By the way, what did you mean when you said I probably laughed at the wrong parts of I, I Tanya? When she was like uh, saying all that awful stuff to her daughter, like that's it, not, it's, it that's was not supposed to be. No, funny. it was supposed to denote <laughs> abuse. Oh. And I, I figured you uh, would find that hilarious. I did. You got yeah. me there. <laughs> I thought the whole movie was pretty terrible. Right? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's not. It's not supposed to be. They actually did it in your defense. In Itania, they they made a lot of those domestic abuse scenes 
have like a comedic bend. They did, and it, I wouldn't laugh it, at that in real life. In your Mike, defense, you got to see Precious. Hilarious movie. <laughs> it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. What the hell is Precious? Never mind. It's Go it's Google a, it. Don't Google nothing. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Hey, Billy Gardell uh, joining us right now on the DV Morning Show. What's up, Billy? Kai. 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 Good morning, my fellow Pittsburghers. Good morning, TV family. Uh, let's go to press. Well, I don't. I know everybody's saying it. I know how everybody feels. It was the longest flight home that I think I've had in ten years. Um, but I'm a little proud of myself because I didn't come completely unglued. You- um, I, I only have one incident. How'd you guys do? Um, no, it was bad. Uh, it was pretty bad. No, I mean, with, with the other, did you have any incidents with opposing fans? I had one. Oh, inside. no, no. Did. Wow. No, what, yeah. what, 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 what happened? I was really good coming out of the stadium. <laughs> and, and I haven't, you know, leaving the stadium um, like that, you know, it was just so disheartening. I, I hadn't heard that kind of, you know, Steeler pain in a long time because we're very spoiled we're very spoiled we uh we, we have a high standard and we're very spoiled but I, I kept it together and i did really really good as far as just getting through it i think i've matured a little bit i mean it still hurts like all hell but i don't lose my mind quite as bad as i used to and i did really good comporting myself and then i flew out of there the next morning at uh, I had to be at the airport at 4.30. My plane boarded at 5.20. And uh, there's a little spot I always stop out there. There's a little newsstand with a little guy that works out there. And I always say hello. And he always asks me what I'm doing. And, 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 and we, he always says something really nice. You know, we're, we're behind you. Take care, Billy. So, so I stopped in his place to get a newspaper. And there was these two jacksonville guys in their stupid teal shirts and and they and some some woman was with them i guess they're about our age you know and they were such trash i can't explain like there's a way to win there's a way to lose but they, they were really being obnoxious they were in the store and the store had a bunch of you know, Steeler hats and stuff like like we do in every establishment that's ever been opened in the history of Pittsburgh. Right. You can buy a hat, right? So <laughs> I was holding it together. I didn't say nothing. They're gloating a little bit. Okay, I get that. Then one of them says to the gentleman behind the counter, you know, you guys should just uh, have a fire sale with all this uh, uh, jerseys and stuff. And you should just become a Jaguar fan. And then I said, excuse me. I said, you know, you don't need to bother this man while he's working. I know you're very excited because you now have a playoff win, and and that's good. That's good. I understand that. But you've done nothing. You've done nothing. You've won a playoff game. He goes, well, I guess somebody's sore this morning. I said, no, let me tell you, I'm more than sore. Let me tell you a little history lesson. See, you have nothing done. You've won. You've done nothing. You've won a playoff game. You've taken a baby step. We have six trophies 40 minutes from here. Six Lombardi trophies. I go, and guess what? We have a tradition that goes back over 75 years. You don't have that yet. So just be a little more graceful in your win. He goes, you know what, man? You're just, you're just bitter, bro. Can't handle the win. 
I said, you should hurry back down to Florida now and make sure nobody's taking the washing machine out of your yard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, well, now was, there well, you, was, you had. Went, you, I, I did. I was good. You're uh, good was, right up I to that point. I and then I went right off her. Yeah. And then, and then the, what was great was there was two, <laughs> two dudes behind me with army hats on. They were like, yeah, you need to move along, buddy. <laughs> that's awesome so, and that guy's like how did you know I had a washing machine on my front yard <laughs> so, that was my only incident it's amazing Bill after a loss how quickly a militia can form between oh strangers God. it's like fans bond oh together <laughs> we just left there it was the most solemn you know and then I'd heard some guys I felt for some guys because they were in the abyss. I, me and O'Connell call it the abyss when you just come unglued. And there were some guys that were that there was no turning back with coming out of the stadium. I felt for them, man. Because it was just, there's no returning from that. There's depressed, there's sad, there's angry, and then there's stealer hurt is what I like to call it, and there's no talking to those guys. I hope they made it home soon. My, my dad watched the game by himself and was in the sunken place for sure. Like, he told yeah. me the next day he was a wreck. And I was at the stadium, and I think that that made it a little bit better for me because I, I usually watch the games by myself, and I lose my mind in my house. That's why I don't go anywhere. I, I stay in my little bubble. But watching so many other people melt down kind of yeah. helped me yeah. to not to lose it. It felt, it felt good to be with the group, even through a loss. I felt the same way coming down the ramp. Stunned silence in that stadium on, like, four occasions. That, yeah, and then let oh, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, the scoop. The scoop and score was. Uh, yeah, that, to end the half, it was the quietest I ever heard Heinz Field. I could not believe it. People weren't even mad. They yeah, were, they were like, shocked. Our, jaw, our jaws were in our hands. That's it. We were we were shocked and odd and and you know man I'm sorry yeah we had a couple flubs on offense but when you score five touchdowns on <laughs> offense at home in the playoffs you shouldn't lose that I mean I think the the loss of Ryan Shazier was abundantly clear um, yep so on Sunday afternoon I, th- I think it was abundantly clear and it needs to be just and um you know look I'm just gonna go ahead and say it I, I think it's time for Haley to go man. That's that's my opinion. Well, I think he's Some gone. Some of the play calling that went on. Was, they scored forty two points. I still don't understand why everyone's pissed at Haley. I they had they had a bad fourth down call with the the sweep right. The well, pitch well, to that that, that was that, terrible. That, but then the second one, Ben Audible out of it. Yeah, how we don't sneak that ball is beyond me. Because we don't. And then the other the, the other one that crushed me was the onside kick at the end. Of the that game. was Tomlin. I mean, well, that was wrong too. That's yeah. wrong coaching. That's wrong, and then uh, and then you know last night with Coach, uh, you know I, I, I'm just I'm really disheartened right now. You know I'm I'm leaning on my Penguins heavier than I have in quite a while. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way. Mario's not happy about it. By the way, we will talk to DV Mario. Uh, this is a dangerous later. place to be as a Pittsburgh sports fan because we're just—it's like monkey barring through despair. Like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> Every <laughs> rung is a disappointment. Yeah, even monkey bars. It's like when you work the side of the monkey bars. You know what I mean? You're on that long bar. <laughs> How'd you? Uh, inch, 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 inch. How'd you fare up in the blizzard, Neary? 
Uh, it was great, man. It was so great to be just in front of a Pennsylvania crowd. We did five shows all sold out. We, I, I, they wanted me to do a Sunday show, and I thought I was coming to the game and going home, and I was like, no. And they're like, please, we just we have enough people for another show, please. So I did a 4 o'clock matinee on Saturday. <laughs> wow. And I told them, I said, listen, we're doing the matinee because I'm going to the game tomorrow, so let's not lie to you. And I told him, I, people, I said, when I was up there, because it was like 3 and 6 and 12 and snowing and ice. And I, and I said to the crowd, a lot of people ask me, Bill, why would you book uh, why would you book Erie in January? And I was asking myself that question when I got there. And I said, well, there's a playoff game. So I had to make my wife think that it, that was just a coincidence. I said, oh, honey, look, I'm in Erie, and the playoffs just happened to land the day after that. Look, that's only two hours from the book. She should go. I said, that's a great idea. Steelers got what they deserved. Well, I don't know about that. I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, man. There's too many great pieces on that team. And I, I'm going to allow for some, you know, for the injury on the defense, just in my head. But, um I think it's time to to look really hard at how that team was coached, and uh, I don't know. I just I don't. I feel like we used to be in a froth and crisp when it was playoff time, and I'm, I'm not sure we were there. Val's got a news no. update for us. Billy's hanging out with us here on DV. Val, what's going on? Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. We'll see on and off snow showers today. There'll be a steady temperature in the low to mid-20s. Then tonight, maybe an evening snow shower. Otherwise cold. Seven for the low. Wind chill down near zero. Mostly cloudy. Couple of flurries Wednesday. High of 16. I'm Scott Harbon. Severe Weather Center 11. It's 27 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. Just two days after Hawaiians were sent a, a false alarm about an incoming ballistic missile and led to believe their demise was imminent, a Japanese TV station sent people into a panic with a similar false alarm. Japan's national broadcaster NHK News sent a text message alert saying North Korea had launched a ballistic missile at Japan and residents should seek shelter immediately. Unlike the Hawaii false alarm, which took about 38 minutes to be retracted, Japanese residents received another message just a few minutes later saying patterns of North Korean missile launch is erroneous. The TV station also apologized on air and said the message was sent by the station in error and that no government alert had been issued. It's unclear how that false alarm got sent out. The governor of Hawaii, uh, meanwhile, and other state officials there getting death threats over the false alarm that happened on Saturday. Oh, boy. We're in a real good place. Who's the worst guy to be? That The guy that pushed the wrong button in Hawaii or that safety for the Saints in New Orleans the next day? Safe, the- safety. Safety for the Saints. Yeah. The, the guy that confessed to cheating on his wife before the bomb fell because he wanted to have a clear conscience on his deathbed. <laughs> Wait, it's a false alarm? <laughs> no, no, honey, I'm just, no. JK, sweetheart. Yeah. An African lion at the Pittsburgh Zoo will be having a root canal today. Zookeepers noticed about one inch of a tooth had fractured off, and a root, connect, uh, root canal would be needed to save the remainder of the tooth. The zoo's head vet says eight-year-old Razzie will be given an anesthetic, then taken to the animal care center for that procedure. Afterward, he'll go back to the zoo's lion building. Apparently, he's do it. Wait, wait, he's going to do a root canal on a lion? Yep. <laughs> well, how many times do you think he's going to go, you sure he's asleep? <laughs> <laughs> 
You better not screw no, no, this up. No, no. Then you know what? Shake him a little bit before I go down. <laughs> Shake him a little bit before I go down there. You go down there first. Like uh, you know what? Let's just pull this teeth, this tooth, and uh, you know what? Let's pull all his teeth. <laughs> I imagine if that thing starts like kind of like oh. dreaming and it's, you know like thinks it's chasing squirrels like a dog. You're like ah. Oh, uh. Dude, I went, I went. I was at the zoo in, in uh, Cincinnati one time. The guy offered, you know, we got like a um, or Lexington, I think it was Lexington or Louisville. I can't remember. Um, and we went backstage into the lions, you know, like their area that they stay in. There's a cage where you can go like two feet from them, and there's a stainless steel fence between you and them, a very thick fence, but it's an open fence. And the guy said, don't look at him in the eyes because they look at that as a sign of aggression. So you've got to have to keep your eyes averted, but you can walk. You're like literally six feet from a lion. And this lion roared, and it went through our bodies. So It was so much power. It was literally... The only time I've heard power like that was when Denny Sessa's brother had those <laughs> four-feet speakers and was playing Kiss Live in a small basement. I've never heard anything like that in my entire life. It's a lot of bass, Bill. Yeah, ricocheted through me. Sorry, Val. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. And uh, this just coming across the wire, uh, officers responding to what they're saying is an active shooter situation in Youngwood in Westmoreland County. Police say gunshots heard at a Sunoco station on South 4th Street. That gunfire has prompted a shelter-in-place order for students and staff at Westmoreland Community, uh, Westmoreland County Community College. Good God. Yeah, do you uh, hold in your sneezes? Bill does. No. Yeah, no. I do a little bit. You should What's not. What's wrong with you? I, I, when I sneeze and I don't hold it in, it offends everybody that's around me. Cause well, I'm you know what? That doesn't matter. You're going to stroke out or pop an eyeball out. You well, you're like your, not Your far prostate's going to fly out of your... Doctors just published the case of a 34-year-old guy uh, in a medical journal. This guy recently went to the emergency room in Leicester, England with a swollen neck and trouble swallowing. Turned out he had tried to stop a, uh, stop a sneeze by pinching his nose and closing his mouth, but the stifled sneeze wound up rupturing the back of his throat. Ooh. Yeah. He needed a week of treatment in the hospital, which included eating through a feeding tube. Doctors say that sneezes come out at about 150 miles per hour, so keeping that pressure in can potentially cause problems. They say it is rare, but why take the chance? Okay, just I remember, like, you guys. Well, I, 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 I let it fly like when Bugs Bunny gives like a dumb animal so a little bit of uh, pepper <laughs> in the nose. Yes, that's fly. exactly how I sneak. I let it blow, man. Oh, man. It's always. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I have, an a, idea. I have a wind up. I put my head back and then go forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could probably like chop through five or six boards. <laughs> Person, he's like, oh, gosh, he's <laughs> Ladies, if you are tired of guys getting a little too friendly at the gym, just pretend to fart. Last week, an author named Olivia Cole tweeted about uh, something she witnessed at the gym. A woman got a guy to leave her alone by pretending to fart. Apparently, the guy came over to her and was uh, getting chatty, sizing her up. She said, uh, 
You may not want to come over here, dude. I just farted. It's bad. And That's not a deal breaker for a guy. <laughs> They're like, cool, she She's farts. Like, That's all right. Can really be I ourselves around it. each other. Uh, apparently uh, lots how about, of... How about, how about we just act right? Remember that? Remember those days? Let's just act right. Is it, are we at the place now where women have to pretend they're farting? Yeah. Apparently so. We've literally, we've devolved. We have devolved. But you can tell the like people in the gym, you can see it happening. The guys who are like macking on some girls on a treadmill or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, and they get that lean going. And they're like, hey, they lean their arm onto the machine. Like, Slimy. Uh, nobody should talk to anybody in the gym unless you've already established we talk. Your friends. Yeah, we talk. Yeah, that you're going, or you walk by, and go, are, are you done with this machine? I yeah. just want to get in. Right. That's, That's about it. You I talk have, about being six which, feet away from a lion. Way, which, by the way, I've never said in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Forecast today, snow temperatures in the low 20s, dropping to about 5 degrees overnight tonight. High tomorrow, only in the teens. It's 26 at DVE. Oh, you got out of town in time, man. It's brutal. Yeah, man, I skated the weather. I was very, very lucky. I got into Erie on Thursday, which is fog, driving up there. Then it uh, let go. On We had an ice storm and a snowstorm. It cleared up, and I came down to the Berg and saw the game and then got out in the morning, and I just saw this morning you guys are about to get pounded. It's the worst. All right, uh, we're going to do a quick break here, and uh, Mike's coming back, and uh, post- Game reaction here is the Steelers clean out their lockers yesterday. And Mike was there as they were all doing it. Super uh, disappointed in Mike Mitchell for not being there. Because of all the guys on that squad, that was, that was the guy I wanted to hear from. You'll hear from Martavis Bryant, Cam Hayward, Vince Williams, and David DeCastro when we come back. Plus more with Billy Gardell here on DVE. Um. Sports. All right, Billy Gardell is on the phone from Los Angeles, California, this morning. Uh-huh. And we're dancing through the uh, snowflakes here in uh, literal snowflakes here in Pittsburgh right now. Mike, proceeded with your sports on DVE. What's up? Sports is out brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. We got snowflakes even in the summer around here. You know that. In this building, we got snowflakes. <laughs> Forget it. On yeah. the... Yeah, remember, that's why I said literal. I wasn't going for the figurative. Yeah, you're going for like the uh, you talking about pansies. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. In this about. building. Yes. Who are the pansies you're uh, referring you to? You know, you know who they are. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Martavis Bryant, one of the Steelers who met the media yesterday, <laughs> such that it was. It was another one of those Martavis Bryant press conferences, head down, not really making eye contact with anybody in mumbling at a low level that was barely audible. But I think he said he wants to come back next season and he doesn't really care about uh, his numbers or his role anymore. Just bringing our trophy here, man. I just want to win. Uh, love the guys here. Love the coaches. You know, I don't feel like starting that chemistry all over again when you go to the team. I don't feel like starting that chemistry all over again when you go to another team. That's why he wants to stay. Oh, well, look, chemistry's hard. Yeah. You know, sometimes it can be combustible. If you don't Not have... I love it here. But I, you know, you got to go get to know everybody again. I don't want to have to learn a bunch of people's Who wants names. Let's do all that crap, right? Pull the, I don't uh... want to be mother effed by another fan base. He did, you know, fall into step eventually. It took a long time. Wasn't there a thing with uh, 
um, Ricky uh, Henderson, and he switched to the Mets, and John Olerud was on that team too, and he wore a batting helmet in the field. He's like, man, a guy on my last team used to do that. And he's like, that was me. <laughs> Ricky, we, we were on the same team. Yeah. We played our whole careers together. I mean, the, there needs to be a Ricky Henderson movie. So total oh, aside, but there needs does. to be. Yeah. The fact that he didn't cash that million-dollar check, he, he framed it and put it on a wall, and the A's are like, hey, there's like this huge check you never cashed. What is it? He's like, oh, I framed it. They're like, you're supposed to cash it. Photocopy it. <laughs> then frame it. Steelers, of course, uh, did not win last Sunday, which means they uh, didn't get a chance to beat New England, didn't get a chance to win the Super Bowl, and did not ultimately win for injured linebacker Ryan Shazier. They didn't win for Dan Rooney either. Here's Cam Hayward on that. I care about DMR a lot, and... Um... However long I'm here, he's always going to be with me, and I'm going to continue to play for him. I don't need a patch to do that. Uh, you know, you know. I think every player in here is, you know, going to continue to play for um, a guy like that. You know, doesn't stop here. Um, it continues in our community work and con- continues in our off season. Guys have to continue to get better uh, because, you know, for DMR, you know, it's not just doing it for a year. It's you know trying to get that that trophy, um, you know to to show that we care, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't uh, stop there for the fans either. Although the season stops, and that has bothered a few of the fans. Uh, some of the players uh, hearing some fairly negative things on social media. We we talked to Cam a little <laughs> bit about that today. Vince Williams also said yesterday that he's been getting MF pretty good uh, by the citizenry, but uh, he understands and he feels their pain. Man, y'all know how Yenzers are, man. They, they just like us, you know what I mean? I mean, when you have a city of of people that love Pittsburgh still as much as they do, now I understand how they could be that emotional, that upset. And, you know, I can't blame them because they invest as much into this as, as we invest in as players. So, you know, I understand that they're going to have some anger, but, you know, as the emotion starts to trickle out of it, you know, as the days go by and the Super Bowl pass, I think they'll look back and realize that we had a special unit this year, and in spite of a lot of adversity, that we actually performed really well. Bill, you're just staring at me. I, I just disagree. <laughs> I disagree that we, we we invest as much as they do as players. Like maybe emotionally, yeah. I could see that being on the, you know, equal uh, Not playing the field. Physical dieting no. and lifting and running and. No, if anything, the diet is the thing that is out the window when the Steelers are playing. Yeah. You're eating wings and pizza. Hold and- on, man. Hold on now, because there's been days where I went too heavy on the appetizers and had to force down the main meal. So, I, you know, I played hard. <laughs> Last but not least, uh, Dave DeCastro, uh, one of the Steelers who would prefer that some guys not speak their mind quite as freely as they did this season, talking about one team while you're getting ready to play another uh, but DeCastro added yesterday, if you're going to do that, at least, for the love of God, back it up. I don't know. I mean, if you want to talk, we've got to show on the field. You know, it's a different thing if we win that game tomorrow. Probably not, I'm not, probably not saying that. I'm probably not being asked about that. You know, we're probably actually talking about the Patriots. <laughs> he could have been talking about the Patriots yesterday. Oh. Bring it. Instead of talking about talking about the Patriots last week. Oh. Could have been, been talking about the Patriots. Who do you think that was a shot at? 
The defense? Somebody from the defense? Uh, I, you know, Le'Veon Bell talked about him, too. And but Le'Veon Bell had a day. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars quoted Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, but he had two touchdowns and yeah. 100 and almost 60 all-purpose yards, right? Well, Jacksonville didn't score in every possession offensively, did they? I think they did. They scored on one more than we did. Did they take a knee at some point? Ugh. Mike Tomlin today at noon. Ooh. So we got to uh, poke and prod the body one more day, and then uh, we can stick it in the ground. Oof. Bury it deep. Looking forward to hear the Tomlin, Tomlin translators <laughs> subtext of all that stuff. I just, I don't want to hear that press conference. I don't want to hear anything. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't, I'm, I'm. You sound for Lawrence. Well, we got it. He sounds five, Lord. I mean, he's he's out there. We, we, we got to root against New England because I can't watch them win another Super Bowl. No. I'm just not ready to let go of my hatred for Jacksonville just yet. I don't it's know. About, That's a problem. It's more, about their, it's more about the fans I ran into than it is about their team. I don't know if uh, if this ends up being a Patriots Super Bowl, Pats, Vikings, or Pats, Eagles. I don't think I don't know if I can watch it past halftime. Yeah, there's the Pittsburgh nightmare: New England against Philadelphia. Oof. Oh, God. and New England. Yeah, New England wins. I would actually, I- if Philadelphia, if the Eagles won, I'd have no problem. I would not care. I would thank the Eagles. I'm not writing off Jacksonville. Keep saying that. I know now. Slack and I were talking off air. I-, I don't think anybody's told them they're Jacksonville. Well, it's that, like that, that might be the only saving grace is because then we could go. Well, they beat New England too. I mean, what are you going to do? It was their year. Um, I think their defense definitely would match up against New England way better than our defense. <laughs> if Bortles put up 45, what's Brady going to do? All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we will figure out how to cope going forward. Drake. <laughs> Heavily. Now, this, this took away my drinking, too. I was doing... Try January, except for Steeler games. I thought I was yeah, going to have two days to booze in January. No, you're you're going to have a very healthy month, Randy. I know. <laughs> Damn it. All right, quick break. We'll be uh, right back. DV. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. And joining us uh, from Los Angeles, California, Billy Gardell this morning. Cars who flew Gosh. all the way back from Pittsburgh back to L.A. yesterday morning uh, at the uh, big crack of dawn. And... Uh, all right, we're all coping. We are coping. But now you don't have distractions. So in the office over the past few weeks, you've had the distractions of the postseason Steelers. And you'd be talking to people in the office about the Steelers. Everybody's Planet excited. Parties. Yeah. Now you have to. <laughs> yeah, no one's talking. you got to deal with these people every day now. And <laughs> you're going to start to be annoyed by your coworkers. Well, a new survey BuzzFeed has put out. Stuff your coworkers do, and whether or not it's annoying to you. <laughs> Number one this should be fun. <laughs> is it okay to play music at your desk without headphones in? No, I say no on that. Yeah, you can't ask that question in this room. Yeah, I, I in this can't office. go to work. I I can't go to work after a Steelers loss and imagine sitting down 
and some jag next to me is playing the Imagine Dragon. <laughs> no, no, no. Ninety-four percent say it's unacceptable. You got uh, you got to get you got to get up and smash the phone like Belushi did that guitar in Animal House. <laughs> like Val says, it doesn't apply to here, you know, radio stations, and it's kind of what people have to do. It's their job to listen to music. So, what if it's just a soft? You can just barely hear it. What if it's Christopher Cross? No. <laughs> Even worse. Yes. Val, well, well, here we go. Yeah. Wait, this one's for Val. Number two. Okay. Is it okay to eat really smelly food at your desk like tuna? Wait a minute. Heat it up in the microwave or eat it at your desk? Just says really smelly food okay. at your desk. So I can't eat a tuna salad sandwich? Is it a really smell? You have an office. You're you have away your own from office, everybody. but that cranks. If you're at a cubicle and you pull that out, <laughs> you stink that kitchen cranks. up pretty good. <laughs> now, yeah, here's the. Recently? Yeah. <laughs> Not recently. I uh, don't bring fish anymore because I got yelled at so many times. Because you go in there and then it smells like the dumpster behind the <laughs> Korean restaurant. <laughs> 63% say no. Not okay to eat stanky food like your stanky beef. The other nah, 47%. I think if you got a pizza or a burger, that's acceptable. Those are universal smells. I think everything else is out of bounds. Is it okay to take your shoes off at your desk? God, no. No. Wait a minute. No. What if it's, I don't do this, I'm just asking. Oh. What if you have... If you have, are we talking? If you have an office or is it, it's a cubicle? Oh, no, like I think it's all, all right. cubicle you know, setting. Is- uh, I don't know. Taking your shoes off. There's probably way worse things you could do. 56% of people say, yeah, go ahead. Take, take your shoes your pants off. off. I was going to say, worse. don't take your pants off. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, what about on an airplane, Billy? No. Oh, that's nope. a public. No. Yeah. No. Your no. office Keep is public. Keep your shoes on. The only relationship you have to the people in your office is you both got hired by the same person. It's not like your cousin is next well, to you. Well, are you waving them around in someone's face? I mean, you're sitting <laughs> on top of somebody in an airplane. Yeah. You gotta keep your shoes. I would keep them on. Is it okay to clip your nails at no. your desk? No, 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 no. Ninety-three percent say no. Seven percent say fingernails are okay. One hundred percent say toenails are no. <laughs> Oh, well, I at would, least everybody agrees that you know saw somebody with their foot up like this, <laughs> clipping away. <laughs> You remember when Randy told us he clips his nails and keeps them in his pocket? <laughs> no, I don't clip them. If I bite my nail, I don't want to like spit <laughs> it out. And I like end up on it, put it you in my pocket. Put it in your pocket. <laughs> it's so gross. That is weird. I don't do it so much anymore after getting called out on the air. Every once in a while, I'll find a thumbnail in there. <laughs> you know, if you're sitting in traffic and you rip one off, you're like, oh, man. Why wouldn't you just throw it out the window? Yeah, I'm yeah. flicking that out the window. <laughs> <laughs> What if you're eating your tuna sandwich and you bite down and you catch someone else's nail in it? Yeah. Oh. Big problem right there. Big too problem. much going on there. That, that's, happened, that's happened to me. Like I've I've been drinking a glass of iced tea over at my mom's house and got a Lee press on nail. <laughs> <laughs> is, like, it o- is it okay to occasionally make personal phone calls at work? Not if people can hear you talking. Not if you're yeah. If you're keeping it quiet, yeah. It's like in the grocery store. 
If you're, hey, how are you? Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta get my tires changed. And if you're quietly within a reasonable speaking voice having a conversation with somebody, fifty-one percent say no, no. Forty-nine percent say it's okay as long as it's not all the time. That's another thing I can't take on the airplane is the people that start loud talking on the phone as we're taxiing up to the gate. Hey, we landed. Shut up. <laughs> Some jagoff the other night came into the sauna on his phone. I'm oh like, my God. hey, douche, we're there. all God. sitting in the dark and sweating. How about you not talk on the phone right now? First time I did a steam room, I didn't know there was a no talking rule, and I thought I had to talk to the guy next to me, and it was painful. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's a jerk. Why doesn't he want to talk? And I'm like, oh, you're not supposed to talk. Nobody talks. Here's one, here's, here's one that'll send Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills into an absolute rage when we're flying somewhere. If someone starts watching YouTube without their headphones in, like he gets so enraged and uncomfortable, he can't sit still <laughs> in his chair. So I always wait till he dozes off, and then I start doing it. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and then he'll, he'll go, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't. And I'll let him go back to sleep, and then I'll do it. And he'll go, okay, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and I go, okay, it's the last time. It's the last time. <laughs> and one of my favorite things about Pittsburgh humor is, you know, the last time means there's one more that's going to push you over yeah. the edge. Oh. <laughs> so I, I wait until he's good into a REM cycle and then hit him with YouTube again. He's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> Should you mute your cell phone so it doesn't make noise all day when you get text messages? You know what? My cell phone, I don't know about you guys, it's on silent all the time. Mine I work too. with the yeah, lights. Too. I work with the lights. I don't work with the noises. Mine too. I'll get back to you eventually, but yeah. uh, it's on It's on quiet for good. Um, is putting your feet up on your desk acceptable? Oh, By the way, uh, 75% of people said to mute your cell phone. Is putting your feet up on your desk acceptable? If you have your shoes on, yeah. If your shoes are on, yeah, because I like to... I like to do the Ben Bradley once in a while myself. 82% say, nope, unprofessional. So you guys are in the 18th percentile. I do that. Is it? Ever, I do it all the time here. Is it? But it's like, he, I don't feel like we have any rules. I don't know. I mean, There's I no rules. In yeah, there. I mean. Except you can't cook smelly food. No smelly food and keep your pants on. It's two things. <laughs> don't clip your nails. Is it ever okay to eat a coworker's food from the office <laughs> fridge? Oh, my God. Oh, Wait, without asking? You can't go in there. You can't go out without authorization. You can't just. No, I don't even know why they. I don't know what. It's not okay to do it and then admit that you did it. It is okay to do it and not admit. If you get away with it. it, So Mike's definitely done that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what the rule is at other workplaces, (laughs) but the here, if it's out on the counter, it's It's a free free for all. Right, public domain. If it's in the fridge, then beat it. Yeah. Is Here's it, my feeling about the food being until, out, though. Do until you, it's out. Don't you guys feel like if somebody brings us food, until it hits 10 o'clock, it's not necessarily free domain, but that doesn't always, uh, that's not always the case. Like, people descend before the show's over, and we've even had Some a chance to get out there. I've never seen before. <laughs> I'm not sure if they even work in our company. Oh, yeah. I think with a refrigerator, it's probably like a one-day rule. And then, Mm-mm. if it's the second day... Are you going to go eat my yogurt that's in there right now? For all I know, it's abandoned. And it's just not abandoned. It's just there. 
You got to be careful when you're taking a turkey. If it's one day, it's your life. <laughs> For sure. We've, we've learned that Somebody the hard way. Oh, Gobble Gazi almost brought this office down. Uh, last thing. Is it okay to fart in the office, or do you have to go to the, <laughs> take it to a bathroom? See, uh, if this isn't 100% no, then somebody's just an animal. 30? Nah, there's, a, there's a reason. Nah, there's, there's a, there, I could see a scenario. <laughs> Hold on. I got to hear this. <laughs> Hold on. If oh, the Lord. guy's eating tuna fish and playing his music and clipping his nails, it's okay to crop dust them. So retaliatory farts are okay. As long as, yeah. as, as okay. it's a return yeah. fire. Yeah. Not, an, not on the attack, but on the defensive, I will approve that. All right, there you go. Billy Gardell, we love you, man. Uh, I love you guys so yeah, much. Love you, Billy. Thanks to Scott Paulson for calling in and uh, lamenting the loss of McCutcheon to the Buckos. Thanks for Sean Casey calling us from the MLB Network to say, just uh, uh, don't jump off the bridge yet, but uh, I don't know. I'm not there. Uh, tomorrow on the show, uh, we'll have DV Mario getting uh, back in action with the uh, Pens in Anaheim tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, we'll also have Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, Mark Madden, and Merrill Hodge for one last time explaining what the hell just happened. All right, that's it. We're out of here. See you, Bill. See you, guys. All right, ma'am. Love you, Bill. Michelle's up next. Electric lunch.